This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Jackson Riker with WWE a member of the Forgotten Sons, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this happens to be your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 216. What in the world are we doing here on a Friday night WrestleMania season? My name is Nick Howell. And eat your grits and grab your bits. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. <laughs> it's WrestleMania weekend. We're here on a Friday night. I'm having an old-fashioned. Mm. Ian's having an old-fashioned, and we are oh. here because the Busted Wide Open podcast is just too big for one night. We couldn't so, do it all tomorrow, Nick. We could we, not fit everything in tomorrow before WrestleMania. Yes. So we had to do it tonight. We are coming to you early if you're one of our regular watchers on YouTube. We normally go live at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern on the YouTubes, the tubes of you. Today, different. We're going on on Friday night because yep. I don't have to work, Nick. Because uh, we so, can? What? Because we, we can. <laughs> so here we are. Uh, so much to talk about today, Nick. We have to go over NXT, AEW. They both had shows this week. SmackDown. Friday night SmackDown. The last WWE programming before this year's WrestleMania 36. Too big for one night. Two days worth of WrestleMania this year. 17 matches at last count. Good Lord. Uh, by God. By God. It's, it's going to be a hell of a show today, Nick. We're, we've got to make our pick'ems. We've got to make our WrestleMania pick'ems in the show today. And we have to take it seriously because we're going head-to-head to head-to-head with the Going and Raw podcast. With, Lars with, and with, Steven. With, Steve and Larson, get it right. No, yeah, them. Yep. Yes, we're going head to head to head to head with them, and we've got to make sure that we take it seriously because this is for the honor of our podcast, and also because whoever loses, whichever podcast loses between us and theirs, we got to wear the other podcast logo on our neck, you know, with a big temporary tattoo like Cody. So it's, yep. it's for real today, man. And not only that. There's a lot more going on this weekend, Nick, but I tell you, I'm going to let you talk about that. Let's do some housekeeping. Tell everybody how they can interact with the show, and while we're at it, tell them about the Patron Pick'em's Challenge. Mm, Go for it, Nick. Yes, guys. Well, the first thing you want to do is head over to Facebook, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, and send us a join request to get into the discussion group with all of our fans and listeners and the phenomenal ones. 
fun memes, links to our Discord server, uh, all kinds of good, reliable news stories happen in that group, and it's just a fun, positive environment, not like a lot of other groups and pages you see over on Facebook. So we think you guys love it. We're real proud of it, and all of our fans and listeners love being in there. So thank you guys for all being a part of that community. Make sure, pinned to all of our social media profiles and in the links in the description if you're watching here on YouTube, get into the Discord because we got two nights of WrestleMania where we're going to be hosting live chats for all both of two nights of WrestleMania now <laughs> because it's just too big for one night. It's madness. Let's let's do a ticker of how many times we say that in the next two hours. I don't know if my <laughs> ticker can handle it. That's all. Come bad. over and also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to us here on YouTube at youtube.com slash busted wide open. As we are getting closer to a thousand subscribers, it unlocks all of that fun functionality. Make sure you also jingle that little bell so that you'll get notified anytime we do go live. On the off chance that we do a show on late Friday night instead of Saturday, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And last but certainly not least, speaking of those phenomenal ones, you guys have really showed up in the last couple of months. Thank you so much for all of that. If you'd like to support the show, the best way to do so is via our Patreon page that you can find over at patreon.com slash BWO. All kinds of exclusive rewards and, and things that you can get access to over there, such as a copy of the show notes for every single episode, the ability to ask listener questions for our patron mailbag, which we will still be doing tomorrow afternoon at the normal time of 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, right here on YouTube as well. Yes. So uh, in addition to that, four times a year during the big four pay-per-views of WWE, we host the Busted Wide Open Patron Pick'ems Challenge, which <laughs> is a confidence bet kind of point system where we challenge where all of our patrons go head-to-head with Sir Ian Dangerous and myself in direct competition to be crowned the BWO Patrons Pick'ems Champion. Our current reigning, defending, undisputed champion of Chris White will be putting his title on the line for the first time Ooh. over two nights. Now, this is the biggest challenge that any of our champions have seen so far. It's the biggest challenge that we as hosts oh, have Lord. seen so far because there's 17 matches. <laughs> and it's going to be after that first night. Can you imagine how things are going to be? I wonder if anyone's going to be mathematically eliminated after the first night. I, or if it's I just going to be all of us sitting yes, there chewing our nails like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> How can I how can I still win this tomorrow? We're going to have a whole lot of time oh. to think about it. Oh, it's madness, Nick. We, uh, mad we have a lot here. going on this weekend, guys. That's why we're doing the show tonight. Thank you all for showing up. Those of you in the chat, thank you for hanging with us, keeping it lively as always. We're going to have a lot of fun for the next couple of hours, so stick around. Yes. We're going to get through this. We're still going to do our p patron mailbag for all of our phenomenal ones tomorrow, so be ready for that. Uh, but, yeah, Discord, Facebook group, it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. As, mm. as the youngins say these days, right? <laughs> For the next couple of days as we get through WrestleMania say? and then the impending Raw that we know that they have already pre-taped as well for the Raw after WrestleMania. But we're not going to start there. We're going to kick things off before we get there with some big news. Well, speaking of the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, that might be the last new programming from WWE that you see in a while, barring, uh -oh. some, barring some slick footwork on their part, apparently, because, in case you didn't know, uh, yes, or two days ago, on April 1st, um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis 
DeSantis, DeSantis finally DeSantis. realized that something's actually going on and said that there's going to be a 30-day stay-at-home order uh, for all of Florida except for essential businesses. Basically what everyone else did, has right. done already. Right. Uh, that's actually going to mean that uh, UFC 249 is not going to happen, uh, at least not in Florida, and that any future taping for WWE and AEW cannot happen. Now, AEW has already figured that out. I'll talk about that in a second. But WWE is in a bit of a pickle because their performance center where they've been filming WrestleMania and also their weekly shows, Raw and SmackDown, and also NXT, the full sale, that's all going to be shut down. That's all going to be considered non-essential. So they're SOL, and they can't go to Connecticut and film up there because they've already been on lockdown. So mm. where is WWE going to go? So it's going to be a very... It, the question is, are they going to shut down entirely? And are Monday Night Raw and SmackDown going to be basically just... Are they just going to become recap shows? Are they going to just replay old episodes or old matches? Does it become like Fight Club where it's some hidden underground thing in a basement? Right. Do they go? Do they go? <laughs> they go hide out somewhere? Coming to you from not an undisclosed or... location underneath a wine shop. Yeah. How, <laughs> how are they? How are they going to figure this one out? Are people just going to wrestle know. each other from their houses? Who knows? Maybe they'll figure out some sort of like people are going to be doing promos, kind of like what uh, NXT did for a minute there. AEW kind of kind of had a little bit of it. I don't know. I'm very curious to see what WWE does. The rumor is right now, right now they're going to shut down for at least a couple of weeks and reassess, yeah. which I think would, might be the best thing for them. It's it's actually kind of advantageous because du WrestleMania is kind of their season finale, if you will, and the Monday Night Raw afterwards is the denouement. It's the let's hint at what's going to happen next. Denouement. And that's, that's where they kind of go, all right, that was WrestleMania, everybody. Stay tuned for next season when all this might happen, right? That's, that's, their, that's their lead out. So they could conceivably stop things there. And given the fact that we don't know when all of this is going, when everything's going to start back up again, it might be the best thing for them to kind of just put everything on ice just accept that they're not going to have very good uh, ratings for the next couple of months because nobody is. Like It's across the board. Everyone's suffering right now. Just take it on the chin yep. and wait and put out a better product in a couple of months. That's personally what I think they should probably do and what they should have done already just you know, for safety, public safety hazard, et cetera. But hey, if it, if it has to push them this far to do it and they get through WrestleMania, you know, understood, fine. They got through it. It's done. The question is AEW. They apparently have shot enough uh, in Georgia this last week or two. They shot enough footage that they can actually continue to air matches that they shot these last couple of weeks for the next two months. They are estimating about two months, uh, and I read wow. that on PW Torch and Meltzer also reposted it. They shot a ton of what they call quote-unquote essential matches, story-moving matches. So they've got enough stuff to keep rolling. Good for, for a them. while now. So they, that's that's some good foresight on their part. Um, so we'll see what all they got. I mean, we obviously, you know, they're they're advertising this week. They had a big title match coming up in two weeks. They filmed that this last week. It was supposed to happen this week, but they now they think they're going to start spacing stuff out a little bit more. So very curious to see how both the big companies handle the next few weeks after WrestleMania. Yeah. So Nick, that is the big news. We have a lot to get to. I'd love to dwell on it, but. We'll have one more piece of breaking news, and that's that Esme dropped $17 into the tip jar. One oh buck for every match on the WrestleMania card as Thank it stands. You, Thank you very much, Esme, for kicking much. it off tonight. Uh, but that's not all we're going to kick off because we got to head over and talk about 
All Elite Wrestling. Well, the TNT Championship is about to happen. And uh, that's it's going to start up next week, I believe, is when they, they actually start doing the matches. They announced yes. A Block last week, which was uh, Cody, Sammy Guevara, uh, Darby Sean Allen, Spears and Darby and Sean Allen. Spears, Sean Spears yeah. and Darby, Darby Allen, Cody and Sammy Guevara. No, Sean Spears and Cody, Darby Allen. That's and what Guevara. I said. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yes. Uh, th- this week they revealed Block B, which is going to be Lance Archer versus Colt Cabana boom, and boom. Justin Rhodes versus Kip Sabian. Interesting. So we, we I want to see both of those matches. Right. Yeah, we didn't see we we didn't see. I I thought Archer they'd keep Archer out of this, but you were sure he was going to be in it. You were right. Uh, and then neither Called of us Cole saw Cabana Dustin. too last week. And you I said, I said, Kip was a, said no. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> there he is. But I said, Kip Sabian, there he is. Neither of us saw Dustin Rhodes. So this makes a lot of sense. Uh, so this could actually be, I think a pretty good tournament all around. Do you think this will end up being Lance Archer's way of getting at Cody, given how everything's laid out right now? Uh, no, not the way the brackets are laid out right now. Uh, really? I actually think this is going to end up being, uh, Darby, somehow we're going to end up with, I think Darby Allen, Lance Archer is, is a good possibility of what we're going to get here. And somehow one of like the problem with that is which of those two win. They both kind of need a win. They need a champion, but I don't, I, could it be Darby Allen going over Lance Archer in his somewhat debut here? Uh, that would be a little bit weird, but at the end of the day, I, I see this as Darby Allen's to lose in my opinion. I think Darby Allen is going to get this title. Just like we got $13 for Mr. Andy Jessup in the tip jar Oh, my goodness. Mm, thank you, you sir. Guys, thank you so much. Um, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm bracketologying this out, uh, I don't see Cody or Sean Spears uh, getting past, getting to the final, and I don't, I don't see Sammy Guevara. I see Darby Allen on the left side. On the right, to me... Lance Archer or very possibly Dustin Rhodes, but I just don't. There's a. It's all. It's got to be Lance Archer for me coming out of that B block. Yeah, I'd have to. I'd have to agree. Um, that being said, it seems to me like it might be the time to have him go against someone like a Darby Allen and have him murder them and continue his role towards Cody. Especially considering that this week we had a match where Cody and Darby teamed up to face Spears and Guevara. A little bit of round one tease. But uh, this had a lot more going on to it than just being a building momentum to the TNT Championship tournament. It was actually a very, very fun match. Lots of little moments that they threw in here. Lots of character moments. Lots of creativity. Um, lots of things they, they, made, they, they put in there to keep it exciting, given the fact that the only crowd they had for this entire show was a few other wrestlers. On the left side of your screen, you had the, all the faces behind the barricade. On the right side, you had all the heels. Everyone's six feet apart, keeping their social distance unless they had to beat somebody down. Like when Cody got thrown over the, the railing at uh, halfway through the match, and everyone, everyone started beating him down, including Britt Baker, who took off her shoe, started beating him with it, even turned to the camera and showed Honestly, it Honestly, who throws a shoe? Who beats someone up with a shoe? Apparently, <laughs> dentists. They're the right. ones. So there you go. And Zach Gibson. And well, no, we all shoes off for Zach Gibson. Shoes, shoes off very, for Zach very Gibson. different thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. So this all led to at the end 
a bit of a miscommunication. Uh, there's a lot to talk about this match that would have been that's a lot of fun, and I wish we could sit there, sit here, and talk about these matches at length. But Nick, we don't have enough time today. <laughs> I want to talk about the the competition between Sammy Guevara and Sean Spears, seeing that who could who could uh, uh, suplex or or stall suplex Darby Allen for longer, and they were betting like who could. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Darby Allen's coffin drop from the top of a pole. We don't have time. We got to get straight through this, and let's talk about the end. Darby Allen gets distracted, rolled up by Spears because he was trying to save Cody because Spears brought in a chair. And he's so mad afterwards, socks Cody in the face. Interesting. Hits one of the biggest faces in the, co- in the company in the face. Is this Darby showing a heelish side, tweenerish side, showing that there is maybe a little bit of discord between them? If Darby and Cody go forward in the tournament, now they have some beef. What was this to you? This was... So there's a thing that... Um... Uh, there's something about the coffin drop that I think they need to keep special. Him climbing up the pole and doing it off the pole like that, really for no reason, just because he can and because he's willing to, um, is just something fantastic. Those are the kind of moments I want to see the coffin drop, right? Just because he's Darby Allen, he's willing to do that crazy shit, a la Shane McMahon, a la Jeff Hardy. Like He's sure. kind of in that same vein, right? Yeah, I'll um, give the and, Jeff Hardy one especially. Yeah, definitely Jeff Hardy. Uh, I'm thinking Shane coming off of the the Tron uh, stanchions. I'm know, I'm uh, thinking angry hot topic Jeff Hardy. But anyway, yes, not that Jeff yes. not that Hardy's not. So hot I want topic, them to keep I mean. the cop. If the coffin drop is going to be a thing where he's going to do stuff like that, I want it to be special. Don't do it every single week. Um, I loved this match. I loved this main event. I thought it was fantastic. Lots of storytelling here. What I didn't see coming was what happened at the very end. And we saw Sean Spears go to get a chair. Darby Allen yanks it away from him. He wanted to hit Cody with it. Darby yanks it away from him. And in that moment, Sean Spears sneakily rolls up Darby for the one, two, three. And then Cody is kind of aghast, is beside himself, and tries to console Darby. Darby turns around and clocks him. Did not see that coming. No. I'm not mad at it, though. Just like I'm not mad at whoever Anonymous is, has started something, put $70 in the tip jar. Are you kidding me? Followed by Abraham Castillo, who put $18 in the tip jar to correct Esme, because it's not 17 matches, it's 18 if you include him versus the nation. Followed by Lyle Frailing, who put yet another $10 in the tip jar. You guys... You guys rock. I I just... Thank you so much, guys. Cheers. Cheers and thank you. Oh my thank god. Thank you. Oh. Good. So yeah, Lord. a lot of Stop this a lot of this episode of AEW was good. This Very was good. great. This, this was, was great. great. Yeah. Also great. Uh there's a few other things that were great. Lance Archer debuting and they 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 said he was going to face Marco Stunt. And right off the bat, I kind of went eh, really of all the people to debut him against, someone who is just very obviously going to get squashed yeah you know it would be more interesting to have him go against somebody who's a little closer to his size a little bit more like let's let's think about i think last year when everyone a lot i saw a lot of people get their eyes open by lance archer and his match against will osprey guilty someone someone who is a quite a bit bigger you know he's he's six foot he's as healthy 200 pounds like he's a he's a he's a reasonable size lad but he still looked like he was going to get murdered by Lance Archer. But he put up a good fight, believably so. Marco Stunt cannot put up a believable fight against Lance Archer. And the little bit of offense he got in this, luckily, 
was very quickly overcome because otherwise it, it risked getting very unrealistic. But what this was was a very entertaining squash match because it, be, it became kind of like how bad is Marco going to get killed here? And it got pretty bad. <laughs> but wasn't it beautiful in its in its tragedy though? I mean, it, to me, right. it was it was like it was a David and Goliath thing. You had that release suplex where he halfway through he let him go, oh, and he just yeah. like went across the entire state of Florida before Marco ever came down. And it was like just watching it in slow motion. Oh my God, Th- this this was a lot of fun. This was more fun than I expected it to be when I heard it was going to be Marco's stunt. Um, we knew we were going to have a match with Lance Archer, his debut match, and we knew we didn't know who the opponent was until it was time. And I, at first, I went, <laughs> and then I went, no, wait, this could actually be a lot of fun, and it was. This was, <laughs> it was. This was absolutely a lot of fun. I was, I was pleasantly surprised by it. It brought me around on it big time. Um, I'm gonna have an interesting time today because my notes are keep crashing over here. So forgive me if, it, if I stumble a couple times here. Uh, but yes, this was this was overall a, a very very fun squash, and it made Lance Archer look like a really mean guy, which is what you want. And I like, right. and they, they didn't catch it. Was uh, hopefully they catch it next time. But apparently he laid out the medic when he when he came in. It was just one of his shticks in Japan was killing everyone who was associated with New Japan at ringside, whether it was Young Lions or whether it was staff. It was his thing. I hope they keep that because that's one of my favorite things about his entrance is him just coming in, yelling about how everyone's going to die, and then killing people ringside before he even gets into the ring. It's right. great stuff. Uh, next week, he faces Colt Cabana in the TNT Championship match. Boom Boom was on commentary this week. He was a lot of fun, actually. Yes. Uh, and he, I, he turned out to be him. He actually, who was better, do you think? Him or Cody on him, commentary easily. with Shabani this week? Him. I thought so, too. He was I fantastic. Mean, he's only been running a podcast for like 10 years. So, I mean, <laughs> you put a mic in front of the guy, he's pretty good at so talking. So we're not biased so. is what you're saying. Not no, no, not at all. No, no. <laughs> Me, biased, loving Cole Cabana? No. No, no. I never fanboyed out and took a picture with him at Podcast Movement in 2018. That wasn't me. <laughs> you in marked. the middle of his trial right. after the CM Punk? No, that bastard. wasn't me. I love <gasps> Cole Cabana. Thank you for all the fun, Cole, over the years. Well, um, I think he was fantastic on commentary. He's lively. He's got that energy. You can feel the passion. Cody's a little bit more of a, a talker, and he's trying to play inside baseball with you, and he's doing these kinds of things. Cold is just out there doing color commentary stuff, and it's fantastic. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah, Much like I do Sami Zayn over on, in WWE when he's on. So Yeah, they're very smooth, very good stuff. Um, and I think he's actually going to be a great follow-up for Lance Archer. This week we got the very yeah. obvious win. Next time it's going to be... Just the faciest of faces, nice guy. You want to love him. I think him being on commentary this week was to get over what a nice guy he is and what a kind of, you know, hi, I'm just a, I'm a nice guy. I'm a wrestler next door. <laughs> you know. Uh, Don't forget he, the interview he was doing ringside a week or two ago when Kip Sabian, it was on Dark. Kip Sabian sure, came over and he just like smacked yeah. him in the face like, hey, I'm a wrestler too, remember? <laughs> right. He, he just smacked him. <laughs> well, it's, we're going to see it next week. He's basically going to be like a blown up QT Marshall where he's a guy who we know has a little bit more like a uh, – QT's great, but we I think people give a little bit more respect to Colt Cabana, um, and I think that's gonna be, that's gonna mean more when he gets yeah. murdered by Lance Archer next week. So yeah. good good booking all around there. Yeah. Also good booking in the Kenny Omega versus Trent match, a match I didn't know I wanted until I saw them work for nearly twenty minutes. Yes, and there was a twenty minute time limit, and it went to nineteen oh two. Uh, Damn. Th- part of part of the fun of this match was the fact they got real close to the time limit, but they didn't get so close that the time limit was really a factor. 
But what it did do is mean that the last couple minutes of the match started raising up in intensity. Oh my God, are they going to have? Are they going to go to a draw? What's going to happen here? But Nick, this was much more of a a slobber knocker. Would that be a good way to put it? Like it was a hard hitting match. Yeah, two kind of strikers going at each other here. I didn't. I expected more. Dare I say wrestling moves? And it turned out to be more of a strike fest. You know. And it wasn't a whole lot of like fancy flippy stuff either. It was just. It well, was, there was, it was some of that. I love, li- <laughs> but not like what you could kind of expect. Yeah. You know, it's. I felt like it was a lot more grounded than what I was expecting for sure, and it, it ended up being a really good. Like this would be a match I'd want to show people if they said, "Is is there good wrestling on AEW?" Yeah, go look at this match. In fact, I was actually at the end of this. I called this the the shut the f up Cornette match, where he's always bitching about how you know the flippy stuff and the fake. What he calls "quote quote" fake, you know, uh, business exposing right. wrestling stuff. I want go look at this match, and I know he hates uh, Omega, but tell me that Omega doesn't look like a guy who's out there having to fight for his life against a guy who's who's stepped up his game. He's still better than Trent. Like the story that was told was that Omega is better than Trent, but Trent is just he's going to go out there and show his grit. The 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 popular word of the day. <laughs> In WWE, right? at least, yeah. Right. Well, let's just make it all over. Yeah. But it's it, it did feel to me like an actual competition. You even had like a nice handshake at the end. Both guys seemed tired. Trent was selling. Um, there were some moves I think they could have sold more, but again, a nitpick. Overall, I thought this was a hell of a solid match. And one of the best things you could expect, given the circumstances of not having a crowd other than the wrestlers who did their best to make some noise during this. Yeah. So. No, I, I had a blast. Uh, I, I again, like you said at the very beginning of it, I didn't know I wanted to see Trent go up, Trent Beretta go up against uh, Kenny Omega. Uh, there was one moment where Kenny kind of got dropped on his head. It was a little scary. Uh, I think it was in a some kind of suplex or something like that. Was, but then, I mean, Kenny just picked him right up, V triggered knee, one winged angel, and dead. You know, that was and, it. So yeah, I this match fantastic. What a way to kick off the show. It was awesome. I guess the only thing that I was concerned about, uh, or I'd rather have a question for you about, because I know it's something that's one of your peccadillos, is here we have a guy who's in the he's a tag team champion, and he's wrestling mostly singles matches. Do you, do you chalk that up to just the circumstances right now, um, not being able to have too many people in the, in the arena at one time? But that's been kind of an ongoing trope, is tag teams wrestling as singles. Do you feel that that undermines the tag team division, or is it okay because it allows the individual wrestler to stretch their wings? I think it's the latter. It allows them to stretch their wings. It gives them more versatility. It introduce it, it allows us to focus less on the the best friends hugging each other and Trent Beretta, the wrestler. Right. It allows us to focus on the fact that you know when the best friends have a match, everybody's side eye is on orange. What what's Orange Cassidy doing? Not what's actually happening in the match. I can't tell you a, a match that I was so interested in with Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta in AEW since because it's all they're always redirecting your attention to Orange Cassidy. I thought that this time, while they were out there and they were at the top of the ramp and they were present, I was wholly invested in Trent Beretta versus Kenny Omega as a wrestling match. And I think that's the fundamental difference here. Make sure that the people that you're putting in the matches are the ones with getting the attention and the color commentary and the descriptions and everything, not just the people that are around ringside that maybe are more over 
than the person who's actually in the match. I think that was a fun lesson this week because look at what Trent just did against arguably the best wrestler in the world, at least one of them. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> it was a fantastic match. Nobody saw this one coming. It was really good. Yeah, it was really good. You have to forgive me. I'm a little bit distracted. I, I, I'm negotiating with Ann Larson on going in Raw right now about uh, the nature of our uh, of how things should be scored. So I'm oh, okay. I'm, I'm kind of I'm doing like five well, things. So tell him we're busy. We're trying to do a show over here, Lars. <laughs> I'm trying to explain that. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> he's getting in our heads already. Uh, I've got to Nick. We have to talk about the Jericho skit. Yeah, we have to talk about the fact that they were like, hey, what's Jericho doing while this is going on? Apparently, he's sitting in his hot tub on his palatial estate, drinking a little bit of the bubbly and uh, and getting harassed by Vanguard one. And and uh, I don't even know if I can describe this in a way that does it any sort of justice. But basically, this is up there. I can't then be my then be my guest. Release if you've watched the Tiger King, it's it's (laughs) as ridiculous as the Tiger King. I don't know about Jericho that. sitting is. in a hot tub shirtless, caved in chest and all, with a bottle of champagne. All of a sudden, Vanguard One rolls up. He gives the damn thing a tiny baby inner circle T-shirt, hangs it on it, and it flies away. And he starts yelling at it again and coaxing it to come back, and then calls out the hounds. Release the, hounds. the hounds. The hounds, quote unquote. I this might be the best like if if you've never watched wrestling before imagine this for a second you've never watched wrestling before but it's WrestleMania season you're it's the week before and you're like you know what I've been gone for 10 or so years I'm going to pop on to wrestling this week and see what's this AEW thing all about oh cool Kenny and Tra- I remember Kenny Omega yeah 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 Jericho pops oh yeah I remember Y2J remember- he was awesome I remember do you remember Jericho I remember Jericho I remember and he pops up sitting in a hot tub yelling at a drone, releasing the hounds. I need to, I, I need to point out something This might be the best here. thing I've ever seen in wrestling, if I'm being I need to point honest. something out here. Jericho, in three minutes and 28 seconds, had a catchphrase or a gag every 10 seconds in this, if you break it down. Wow. He had catch, like new catchphrases he's trying to get over. He had gags. Almost the entire time, it was nonstop. Whether it was him not being able to say sorry because he was going, he couldn't say sorry, couldn't say the word, releasing the hounds, and like there's one big floppy dog, and the rest are like chihuahuas and pomeranians, right. and it's the goofiest menagerie of unscary dogs <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. Him cutting a promo on a drone and giving it a baby inner circle shirt. There's so much funny stuff in this. Calling uh, Cody a pumpkin-headed dipshit again. We're compar- calling him Cody uh, Exotic. To talk about Tiger King. Right. Yeah, so it was just nonstop. And this is, it's unbelievable the amount of creativity that comes out of this guy when he's unfettered, when he's just allowed to do whatever the hell he wants. And it makes you sit there and go, Jesus Christ, why did so much of his career were people not just like, just let him go? Just let him off the leash because it's not, he can, remember in WCW where he kind of was like able to do whatever he wanted and it was like this where it was just nonstop funny stuff. Not really. I just, I mostly remember Y2J. That's right. We've talked about this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You never, you never saw back in like the Ralph He'd come out to the top of the ramp and tear down Stephanie McMahon and tear down The Rock and just go at people constantly. I want to call attention one other thing. Speaking of funny things in the skit, Sildozer, thank you for reminding me. Yes, I did notice. Did you happen to notice that when he was sitting in the hot tub, (laughs) He poured champagne in the cup, in the glass, and then sat the glass back down and drank from the bottle. Shit like that is just what makes him so money. He's, 
He gets out of the hot tub nonchalantly, still in his pants. Yeah. He's a, it was just nonstop. It was, it was ridiculous. It was unbelievable. <laughs> this, yeah. Jericho off the leash is just absolute mm. gold worth every cent that AEW is spending on him. Good. Yep. Sweet Lord. Uh, speaking of people being off the leash, Brody Lee is off the leash. He is your exalted one. He is the head of the Dark Order. And this week, we got another look at what that's going to look like. And it's not the creepy cult leader that maybe you or I or anybody were expecting, Nick. Instead, it's kind of turning into a Vince McMahon satire. Uh, uh, now, they're taking it seriously. When I say a satire, I don't mean that it's funny. I mean that they're satirizing Vince McMahon in that Brody Lee is now wearing an ill-fitting suit and tie and sitting at the head of a big desk with a, with a TV with static on it behind him and yelling at his cronies if they do so much as yawn, which one did this week, or not say his catchphrase right, uh, throwing a glass at a wall or berating a guy and saying to yawn is, is you know, showing weakness. Yeah. So for one thing, this is, this is pretty far from what we expected from him, and that's fine. What do you think about the Exalted One as Vince McMahon parable? What do you think about that take? Are you disappointed by that, or do you think that at some point you'll buy in on it because they're playing it straight and seriously, and not like it's like it like it's not they're not winking with it. They're going they're playing it straight. No, this is hard poke. This is like you're you're poking the bear, right? And there's part of me that loves a good rib, right? I, I <laughs> just go for it, right? Uh, a little poke in the eye, so to speak. Here's my thing. At the risk of sounding repetitive, what I said last Saturday was I'm not sure if this has legs long term, meaning if this is something they're just doing for a couple weeks or the first month just to get one over and let uh, let Brody, let Luke get it off of his chest, fair dues. <laughs> get, get past it. However, you had spent three months, three to four months of the Dark Order building up this Psychosomatic cult leader who was psychosomatic. Well, this whatever. This fantastical (laughs) cult leader, this guy that was supposed to mess with us, right? right, That was gonna brainwash us into all of these things. And basically what you've given me is a the the love child of Tony Soprano and Vince McMahon. And I I I just I'm not sure if I'm upset because that's ma'am wrestling, it's not what I wanted. Tantrum or I feel like he could do better. I feel like it could be better. And I, I just right. I don't want him to be this big, heavy Tony Soprano head of a mafia family kind of figure that's punishing all of the underlings. I want him to be the one that all of the, the geeks bow down to and, you know, that do his bidding and all of that kind of stuff. Fine. But not because they're afraid of getting beaten up or mm. like verbally abused. What if it works? What if what if all of a sudden the Dark Order starts kicking ass? I will eat that crow as fast okay. as I can. So it's basically it's about results for you with this. It, yeah. But I guess I guess the more of the point is is the so the part of it is is that we see the Vince parallels because we know we watch we, this we a get lot. The jokes. And we, we're in on it. We're getting the jokes. Yeah. Is that why it seems so obtrusive to us? Like if we if it was something where it, we kind of have this feeling, and he's kind of doing a Vince thing, as it opposed to being cheap. like, oh, he's doing a Vince thing. It feels right. cheap. Is that why it feels cheap to us, yeah. or is it something that maybe if we weren't 
thinking as hard about it, it we'd be able to accept it more. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. maybe I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit on it because I know what you mean. This week, this week, I definitely on one hand was feeling like, oh god, not more Vince stuff. Like leave it alone. You're out of the company now. Like do your own thing. But on the other side, I'm like, this is kind of entertaining though. I'm I'm am being entertained by this, and I'm actually starting to be curious where they're going to go with this, because one way is a dead end. If the Dark Order doesn't get better, like if they don't start winning, if he doesn't actually turn them around, like him then, showing up doesn't turn the course for them, right? Right. Yeah. Then this is all going to fall apart. But if this yep. does turn things around for them, then that it's the same thing we were talking about with Bray Wyatt being a cult leader. Yeah. It's got to work. Yeah. Otherwise, you as the figure, as as the character, the cult leader, you're undermined, and it doesn't work. <laughs> so it, it all falls apart, right? So that's the same thing that's got to happen here. Is that whatever their behind the scenes feelings about the dark, like you know, if, if it is a Vince McMahon uh, thing that they're doing, whatever their feelings about Vince, Vince has to win here. You know what I mean? This Vince clone character has to become successful with his methods because of what they set up about Dark Order. Yep. And that's, that's the box they've kind of put themselves in with this. So I am very curious to see what they do with that. And uh, frankly, if his, if his methods do work, I'm curious to see how they evolve the character because it can only stay like this for so long before they have to make it evolve. Otherwise, it becomes one note. It's just a joke, and that's boring. You know how so. they, with the Dark Order originally, it was Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, and they... They didn't really, like, Evil Uno didn't really wrestle that much. He was mostly there to be the mouthpiece. That's what I think the Exalted One should be. I don't want to see Brody Lee, the Exalted One, out here having matches. I want to see him generaling his forces. But that's, his a, that's another waste. That's another waste. One of the whole things we were saying about getting him out of WWE is let the man work. He's an incredibly talented worker, a talented wrestler. He's the finish. most talented guy they have on Dark Order. Well, sorry, go ahead. Hear, hear me out. <laughs> Okay. I heard, I My heard, point heard. was, and I think I said it last Saturday as well, until they need him to. Mm. He is a fantastic worker. So I want to see the underlings doing the chores. Right. Yes. But when it's time to get serious, when it's the name he's is the final big boss. enough, he's the final he's the dragon. Yes. He's yes. The, that's what I'm trying to get to. Like if yes. you can beat Evil Uno and Stu Grayson and not and not and and overcome the mobbing of all of the geeks, and you can get to Brody Lee. Right. Then you can fight him, but I don't want to see him having matches every week. Just one sure. off. Although you might see, matches. based on what we saw this week, you might see him and uh, and Dustin getting into it sometime soon. Yeah. So which would be nice? Nightmare. Which what's which nightmare version is it this time with QT Marshall? Nightmare na name. Uh, na I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> the night natural nightmares. I think right was so the team. It was QT and Dustin teaming up against the the right. the geeks. Yeah. <laughs> the Dark Order and yeah. they want so. Um, we also saw Hikaru Shida. Hikaru Shida got a, a match with a debuting Anna J, a, a, a new female wrestler from the Nightmare Factory, straight off of the uh, the factory floor. Uh huh. Um, Nick, I, you okay over there? You're looking kind of thirsty. Uh, is that I'm, is it just me? I'm, I'm You're sweating a little, a little hang on, hang sweating on. a little bit, a little parched. Yeah, take a sip. Take a sip. Uh, Anna J, um, I. I'm going to say this right now. I, I was very impressed by Anna Jay. Uh, I thought that was a good first look for her. Um, I have a feeling she'll become a fan favorite fairly quickly. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, Hikaru Shida came out with a nice video package introducing her. It's the first time we've seen one of these for Hikaru Shida. Uh, what did you think about this match? What did you think about the presentation of Shida? What did you think about Anna Jay, sir? Um, fantastic debut. 
Good mm-hmm. to see her. Um, I know she's been working the indies out of Georgia and Atlanta for some time. Yeah. Several companies have had their eyes on her. I know NXT's had their eyes on her. Um, but they'll listen. I, I'm I'm excited that she made it over to AEW. They need this kind of younger talent like this in. Uh, the women's division in AEW. Objectively, I want to say that okay. out first. Uh, the big Hikaru Shida, there was no way she was going to win against Shida. Shida's number one contender. Shida is probably going to be the next women's AEW championship. Champion. They're, they're trying their best to build her as a character now. What they're missing out be- on, I think, and they missed out on it again this week, they had a small ringside confrontation with Britt Baker, who was ringside, mm-hmm. who has been doing some phenomenal heel work on the mic with Tony Schiavone for the last, since the cruise, basically. Hour long, yeah. Um, and then we didn't really, there was no physicality there there was no real confrontation there was no real verbal exchange it was more of just a hey i see you stare down kind of thing and i was like all right that is that a teaser for what's to come are we going to get Britt baker sheeta to lead into sheeta nyla rose for the championship okay like i I like where they're going now guys two months ago i was really upset about the women's division in aew but now i'm starting to go this feels more organic this feels Mm -hmm. better like it's starting to click uh, the introduction of talents like Chris Statlander, Shanna, uh, Anna Jay, others, right, is starting to build out the diversity of this division, and it doesn't just look like it's a bunch of Joshi wrestlers that Kenny Omega brought over, uh, <laughs> plus Nyla Rose, right? right. So now th- this is starting to get a little bit more uh, of a dynamic going. You're getting side feuds happening. You're getting other all cut. You've got uh, Big Swole in there with Britt Baker and K- Kikaru Shida. I still want to see Swole and Britt Baker get it on. Quick I'm question. getting excited about that division. Quick insert at this point. Do yeah. you think it's familiarity? Do you think it's because you're getting more familiar with the characters, more familiar with the wrestlers that you're you're getting, you're you're more of a fan of it now, or is it is it that they're actually presenting them better? Um, no, because I still don't really know what Hikaru Shido is about. Like, what's her gimmick? But I thought that they, is she a street fighter they did a great job with the video package here where they said, like, yeah, she was she trained in Japan. She's a hard hitter. Look at her kick all this ass. I thought it was a great way to introduce her without having to get too deep into okay. her psychology or anything, you know? Okay. So I thought that was a step in the right direction, at least. Um, Nick, I have it here in my notes. You have a prepared statement. Is that, I, is I that do. still I true? I do, actually. Um, yeah. oh, all right. Well, uh, I'll, I'll step aside and <laughs> sip, a, sip a beverage while you do this. Ready? Yes. <clears throat> my dearest love, Tony Storm. <laughs> It's it's been a minute uh, since we last spoke, but I wanted to let you know that uh, unfortunately I'm going to have to move on. <laughs> oh my God! Are we we're hearing a breakup live on air? Um, I didn't want to text you this, so I'm sending it to you via podcast. Uh, I'm sorry for any trouble this m- may cause you, but in these uncertain times, my heart has been pulled toward another love, Nick. Oh my God, I'm devastated. Oh, this is like when 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 Jack sank in the water at the end of Titanic. What's happening right now, Nick? Oh hey, my hey, God, uh, Anna. So quickly. Hi, Anna. <laughs> wow. Hi. Not hard to pull your attention. One match, and Nick gives up years of affection towards Tony Storm. <laughs> it's just it's born no is... fruit. That's the. Oh that's my. The, <laughs> I've invested so much in that Ooh, relationship, her. and it's just bore no fruit. So oh, I, at, uh, a, at a certain point, you just have to move on. And, I, and I'm doing it with a struggle in my heart. I'm sure. Oh, my goodness. I, 
I'm not going to lie. I'm a little shooketh right now. I'm sorry to have to do that to you guys here live on the show, but I, I needed to do that with all of my with all of my loved ones here on the I was the not show. prepared. I know Tony wasn't prepared. She's, she's somewhere I, in tears right now. I was not prepared either. This is horrible. I know. All right. Well, good luck to Anna Jay. I suppose she's going to need it. Uh, well, Nick, moving, moving on from that, um, uh, we found out that, uh, in other, in other Nick news, not our Nick, but Nick Jackson, he's on the men. He was doing a little bit of a workout over in Rancho Cucamonga, uh, <laughs> which, which they were outside. It looked just like I remember it. Lots of sand, lots of crappy trees and mountains in the distance. Uh, but he's still not ready to get back in the ring. So there looks like they're doing a slow play way to get him back in the ring, which given everything that's going on is probably the best idea is there's no timetable for Nick's return. Great. Smart. Good yes. stuff. Yep. Um, Nick, on our way out of here, on our way out of AEW, can I just throw out a little love to the gun club? Uh, I know you. we just got done with, with you and, and your sex beat on Anna J, but let's talk about the, the gun club, not the band, but the the father-son duo of Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn who were ringside nearly the entire time and kept their damn energy up the entire two hours screaming and hooting and hollering the entire time. Yep. That is some that is some serious cardio right there to be that invested. And they and they even caught Marco's stunt when Lance Archer hucked him into the crowd the the crowd, right. I say. Uh <laughs> pretty effortlessly but, as well. He that dude must yeah. weigh like forty seven pounds soaking wet. And he like one handed chucked him, just like sky hooked him like Kareem over into the over the barricade. Wow, well, the, the 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 chat is not happy with me right now. No, guys, that was for, cold blooded. Cold blooded. I, I, I did it with, with. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna go back to that. Uh, it's that was it was just that was ruthless, man. You know, you broke her heart on air. I know. I'm sorry. Damn. Damn. Just the first flashy thing that comes along, and next, just like. Whoo! All right. Well, Hi, next Anna. week, it's uh, two weeks. Two. <laughs> Ugh, I guess the when you say it like that. <laughs> two weeks, we've got John Moxley and Jake Hager in a no holds barred. Oh. No holds barred match. You don't even know. You don't even know where they're going to be. You know, we don't know we where they're going to be. Somewhere Another in $15 in the tip jar from oh. Anonymous. I, I don't know who Anonymous is, but thank you, Anonymous. Thank you very much. Thank I'm you. sure you'll reveal yourself in the chat. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank previous you. anonymous I did see in the chat was Clint. Thank you very much, Thank Clint. you, Clint. You rock. Thank you so freaking much. And you oh rock, too, other anonymous. Thank you yes. for your contribution to the show. Uh, but and guys, actually, and I, yeah, no, hold on. I went really quickly because yeah. we did have a little promo off between Jake okay. Hager and John Mox this week. What did you think of their little promo off? Because I thought it was fantastic. little pre, uh, pre-filmed bit. This is how you do video <laughs> packages. Pretty much. This is how you do video package promos. This is how you build hype for a match. This is, like, I am over the moon. I, I never knew that I wanted to see Hager's first big match be against Moxley, Moxley. for the championship. Yeah. Do I know if he can win? I don't know. Is Are they going to flip it off of Moxley I mean, this quick? I don't the think so. The tail of the tape, Hager's what, six 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 seven, Big, rangy dude. Moxley is not that much smaller. He's six four, pretty big and rangy too. Yeah. And actually, having seen Moxley come out in the like the the MMA trunks over in Japan and work a little bit of a, a mat style over there, I'm real curious to see how they they make this go down. Early reports from Jim Ross are because they've already filmed it. Early reports are that it was awesome. So awesome. Cannot wait 
to see that match. Nick, actually, I meant to do this at the top of the show, but I'm just going to bust in right now and do it because we did just get those tips there. I, I, oh, my goodness. Oh, well, before you do that, uh, Andrew England one-upped it with yes. another $12 oh, in the tip jar God. just now. You guys are killing it, man. You, seriously. I, thank you guys so much. And I, I also wanted to say this again at the top of the show, but uh, I was surprised about a day or so ago by a large deposit in my my very limited bank account, thanks to the fact that I'm out of work right now due to this all this whole thing that's going on, um, and that was because behind my back, Nick and the patrons had conspired to put the net sum of our income for the last quarter for this show just towards me. We're not Nick and I usually split everything, and after the net, of course, after we pay for everything for the show. And you guys, I guess, conspired to give me the net alone this time, which is way too generous and I think is is inappropriate, Nick, because you do uh, you know as much work as I do, if not more, on this show. Ah. Um, but I, I, obviously, I couldn't argue him down. It was already done. But I just wanted to say thank you to all of you guys, everyone who, who threw tips out and everyone, everyone who's a patron. Um, it, it was a really, it meant so incredibly much to me and I'm still, I'm still having a hard time putting into words how deeply I felt that and how much that meant to me. Uh, so because <laughs> I'll put it this way, I went out and bought groceries that day. <laughs> so it was, it meant a lot. It was fantastic. Thank you guys from the bottom of my cold, dark little heart. It means it meant so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sorry I didn't do it to get to the top of the show. <sighs> but yeah, I'm, before I get verklempt again, Nick, let's thank you. I'll leave it at that, and let's go and talk about NXT. <sighs> he knew nothing. He literally knew nothing. I surprised the shit out of him. Thank you guys. You guys all made that possible. Thank you very much. All of you that have put money in the tip jar, all of you patrons that have contributed every month for the last quarter, thank you. Uh, To kick things off again, LNM with 350 in the tip jar. Thank you very much right off the bat. Guys, seriously. Just rocks. Uh, NXT. Look, is this – I was starting to get a little down on the North American Championship picture, and I think we've been pretty vocal about that the last couple of weeks. We seem to be on spin cycle here where we're just repeat, 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 repeat. And you know what? It got good again this week. Well, By yeah, because we had, we had what was supposed to be a takeover match, Keith Lee. By the way, best form Keith Lee. This is why you knew he was going to win coming into this, because he had the nice, the chin strap and the little, mm, the perfectly, perfectly manicured mustache. That's my favorite form of Keith Lee, is that little, that little, that beautiful line down to chin. Uh, him versus Dominic Dijakovic. God, I hate saying that. Dominic Dijak. Dijak, thank you. Versus Damian Priest, triple threat for the North American Championship. I thought the build to this was lackluster. I thought that the match itself was baller. But unfortunately, this is a great example of how what should be a match that makes the crowd lose their damn minds can be kind of underwhelming if there's no audience. Yeah. I was sitting there, had this match going, God, I wish I could hear people freak out over this move. Got it. Oh, he just, oh, okay. Let's just see a six foot seven guy do a Frankensteiner. Let's watch another one do a freaking twisting moonsault. Like, let's see the most insane stuff you could possibly see big men do. Keith Lee 
picking up power bombing Damian Priest onto Dijakovic repeatedly over and over and over and over again. And then, so much crazy stuff in this match. Not a single peep. Total silence. It's It was brutal. Yeah. It's it tough to watch. Brutal. And I think that's one of the things that stands out. I mean, we just got done with AEW. They had, what, 12 people? You could, 10 to 12 people on the outside of the ring. And just like that, it was, you know, the, it, it was enough noise to fill the void of silence. And at the same time, when you do something that should ha- get all the cheers and all the reactions from both sides, from both the heels and the faces on each side of the ring in NXT, I don't understand why they can't put people in the arenas. I, I don't understand why you can't have people there, especially when you're taping this stuff. So I, it, you're exactly right. These kinds of moves should invoke all kinds of reactions from a crowd, and it's so hard to not get that. And it really drives home the point of how important it is to us as fans to have that crowd reaction because we react not based on how what the crowd is, but we may agree or disagree with how a particular regional crowd acts or reacts to things that are going on. So with this match in particular, yeah, Dijak shouldn't be frank or, be able to Frankenstein or anybody off of a top rope, but he's doing it to silence. Not yeah. even the commentary can overcome. Brutal, brutal. And this is a so. this is the thing. It was a great match. Great match. Just, just wet fart in the wind. Yep. Will James with thirty six freaking oh dollars God, in Will. tip jar, man. Love you, you guys, love you, brother. You guys, thank, thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Um, oh, it always shakes me. Um. Yeah, no, it, the lack of reactions also, like like I was mentioned, Dijak did the spinning moonsault. And I was like, that's got to be the end. That's got to be the end. Keith Lee kicks out. And because there was no, oh, from the crowd, I went, no, nah, really, that should have been the end. That's kind of dumb. You got to kicked out of that. Yeah. It underscored the fact that there are some moments that they just do to keep matches going just because it pops the crowd. Do you know what I mean? Like, it really yeah. did underscore that. So it's... At the end of the day, they put on a great match. I cannot in any way fault the performers. It's just situational. It's just the situation they were in. It's a tragedy. It is what it is. Let's move on. Where do things go from here? Keith Lee retains. He ends up picking the win, pins Dijak again. Um, by the way, for everyone in the, in, the, in the chat who's talking about how Dijak's name is too long, don't, no, don't, this is good. It's a good thing. When he goes to the main roster, Vince needs to have things to cut off your name so it'll go back to being Dijak on the main roster. We figured it out. We figured out why they're doing it. All right. So it's okay. Um, where do things go from here? Where, at the end of this, Damian Priest wasn't involved in the finish. He went for a, uh, uh, let's see, Dijak went for a feast your eyes. Uh, Priest blocked it with his nightstick that he'd pulled out. Yeah. Ended up kind of bopping himself, too. Dijak injured his knee. Keith Lee pounced uh, Priest all Priest. the way out of the ring and then gave a spirit bomb to Dijak for the win. Where does this leave us now in the North American title picture? Where does this leave us with Priest and Dijak and Keith Lee? Is Now, is it Priest and Keith? Because is that exciting at this point to anybody? No, I don't think either one of them against Keith Lee would be. I need, there needs to be other opponents. Yeah, there needs to be. There's got to be somebody else. Where's Matt Riddle? They, those two are old. Killian old Dane. You know? Where's Killian Dane? Well, Matt Riddle's up in the tag picture. I I know. You remember? So, I'm waste. just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. 
But you know what was good, and despite having no crowd, was the gauntlet match, the second chance gauntlet match uh, for the number one contender's ladder match, which is happening next week. And it was uh, a bunch of women who'd already lost their match to be in this ladder match. They all got to face each other in a gauntlet match. Out at number one, Shotzi Blackheart facing Deanna Parazzo. Shotzi beats Deanna. Then she beats Zia Lee. Then she beats Aaliyah. Then she beats Caden Carter. Each one of these, she guts it out, makes it happen, taps out, uh, by the way, taps out Caden and Zaya, I believe. Yeah. Taps them out, taps both of them out. Uh, and then ultimately faces um, the, the team, team kick herself, uh, Dakota Kai, with her, with her buddy, Reyna Gonzalez. Uh, Reyna figures into the finish, as you'd expect, distracts Shotzi, and Shotzi gets beaten for the second chance. T- uh, and Dakota Kai goes back into the ladder match. I think is the right. I think it's the right choice. Um, that's the way to establish that Dakota's the heel. Uh, extra healy, like she can only get in by cheating. It undoes the weird booking of having her lose initially, which you kind of shouldn't have her do. But I guess this is a more scurrilous way of getting in. Sure. And I think that I honestly think that Shotzi is at the top of this next class of NXT women, if that makes sense, Nick. What did I you agree, think yeah. about all of this? Uh, I thought it was it was a show out, show out time for Shotzi Blackheart. I thought Deanna Parazza as well looked fantastic in the opening of the the gauntlet, and then Zaya got added to it and or brought in next. And I was like, okay, Shotzi Blackheart, Deanna Parazza, Zaya Lee, like the other ones we'd seen. Uh, Caden also getting some showing yep. there. Aaliyah, the Aaliyah, Aaliyah, and her new nose looked great too. Like <laughs> honestly, like it was it was all pretty. Right. That's the thing. Is I was actually watching this, going, "God damn, they have a deep women's roster in NXT." Every time we say this, every time they do, like they show off like this. Look how many women we have that are all awesome. Uh, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And Shotzi does seem to be the one that they're looking at the hardest. But you see her going through this gauntlet match, and you go, "Yeah, she's the most well-rounded." She's got everything. She's got the gimmick. She's got the presentation. She's got the way she carries herself. She has the moves. She's got the crispness. She is absolutely... All she doesn't have is the tenure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if this were a year from now, she'd be in this gauntlet match, if not winning it. Yeah. Like, just, no, just I, saying I think that right I, now. She's got women's future women's champion uh, on uh, written all over, in my opinion. Uh, she's got the charisma. She's got the presence. She's got the in-ring ability. Uh, I, we haven't heard her promo too much yet. That's the one thing that I'm still a little uncertain of, but I know she's got history in other promotions uh, doing that kind of stuff. So I, I'm I'm all about – you guys know me. I, I have my eyes all over Caden Carter. I think she's a superstar in the making. I also think Deanna Paratsu is a bit of more of a – got some veteran in her, so I think she's really yeah. good for the division. But I, I think Shotzi Blackheart has a unique look, a unique gimmick, those are hard to find kind of things. She's going to fit into a place that doesn't exist already. You look right. kind of like a Ru- like a, like a Ruby Riot does, or you know the women's division is is tough because it's too easy to have too many of the same looking women, right? Yep. Which is too many Lanas, too many Lanas, too many Charlottes. You know that's the joke, right? Lana yep. is it, <laughs> what was the word? She, she was. Um, I don't remember. Uh, well, that, I know I know that Lacey South was Southern Florida Charlotte. Charlotte. South. <laughs> Trailer trash Charlotte, I think, was the mean way of putting oh, it yeah. for a while Tra- there. She was Russian. She was Russian Charlotte for a while when she right. had a good gimmick. Russian, um, Bulgarian Charlotte, Russian Bulgarian Charlotte. Charlotte, right? 
So, but that's the thing is that Vince has what he likes, right? The, the tall, good looking blonde or just a blonde in general. You know, you can be little and spunky like Alexa Bliss or Trish Stratus and he'll, he'll be fine with that too. As yeah. long as you're blonde. But there's lots of room to fill niches, right? If you don't look like anyone else in the women's division, there's, there's a place for you. They'll find a place for you. It may not be a big place, but they'll find a place for you. Shotzi's totally, except for maybe the closest thing to her is like a Ruby Riot. It's the closest thing to her. But close. she's even, I not think, even close, really. Just, I was going to say, she's different enough from Ruby Riot to be kind of her own thing as well. So I'm just thinking in terms of what Vince would see. You know, he's going to see them as being, oh, they've got colored hair and they're into that punky rock music. And, so, you know, and they're. So that's, that's kind of what I see Vince is seeing it. But yeah, definitely uh, loving me some Shotzi. And that's not just because she's hometown girl, Oakland, California. Represent. <laughs> yes. Velveteen Dream had a match with Bobby Fish en route to his match with Adam Cole. Beat Bobby Fish pretty clean. Death Valley driver. I love Dream trash-talking him in the middle of the match going, come on, old man. You know, just calling him out on some certain things. Some more fourth-wall stuff. The fourth-wall stuff has been working, I'll say, in this era more so than it normally does. We're having fourth-wall WrestleMania this weekend, in case you guys were were unaware. All the matches are almost are based on, like, fourth-wall breakage. We're having uh, Alan Jones versus Mark Calloway <laughs> in a in a graveyard match. Right, a bo- uh, so boneyard what, match. Oh, I'm sorry, a graveyard me, is yeah. just a little too. Oh no, Undertaker time. versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match. Say gra- can't yeah. say graveyard. Too too serious. Oh, I'm sorry, because there's sorry. actual graves there. <laughs> Way to hit it on the head, Nick. Uh, no, what was interesting about this was Fish was beaten. I thought fairly easily. By Velveteen Dream. Was that okay? Was it okay that that happened? Was did it make Fish look weak, or was it were they trying to make Velveteen Dream look that strong? Was that the point? I think that was the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you had put him out there with a Kyle O'Reilly, it would have been a little too competitive. I wanted to see Dream look strong here. I wanted to see that he could hang, even with a, a, a seasoned veteran like Bobby Fish. I wanted to see him uh, be able to hang, be able to do some of the moves, and. Getting the win over someone who has been multiple time tag team champion with the background of Red Dragon and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, it really puts a good stamp on Velveteen Dream. And look, a couple of years now, we've been very high uh, on Patrick, on Velveteen. We've known that he was going to be. Now you're breaking the fourth wall. Hey, it's fourth wall weekend, man. So he he's what, 23. We've been saying that for a couple of years now, maybe 24 right. now. It, he is is He is the one. You know, if Drew McIntyre was a chosen one at a certain point, I I have all of my eyes on Velveteen Dream, all three of them, <laughs> over on Velveteen Dream as the next big star of NXT and maybe even the main roster. Wow. Yep. Big words for Mr. Howell. Yep. Uh, Kushida, Kushida had a match with Joaquin Wild. Uh, they actually made reference to the fact that Kushida's had a bit of a rough go of it. Uh, came with a lot of hype, and that hasn't really happened because of injury which is just so scarily similar to Kenta. This is scaring me a lot, man. But um, once again, after Kushida beats somebody, last time it was Raul Mendoza, this time it's Joaquin Wild. Someone gets abducted in the damn parking lot. Joaquin Wild gets pulled into a van and they drive off. Um, Mr. Regal, hello. some point, you got to get some security out there. Are you having wrestlers get abducted in, in broad nighttime? That's not good. Um... Do you think it was appropriate for Sam Roberts, who, by the way, was on commentary, much to my chagrin? Do you think that it was? Uh, <laughs> do you think it was appropriate of him to call out Kushida's uh, 
Mm. If Sam Roberts Shoddy, is ever like, on commentary is questionable. again, I'm tur- you hear me, Trips? You watch it? I've, I'm, I've got I'm turning some bad the TV news off. For you. Nick, I've got some bad news. Oh, boy. But we'll get to that. Uh, do you think that they were? it was concerning that he would bring that up, or do you think that he was towing the company line that's a storyline thing that they're going to turn into? And if so, is that going to work out? All, all I is- heard, I, I didn't hear a word he said. I just heard nails running across a chalkboard when he okay. speaks. It's It's awful. He should never be allowed to put a headset on again or have a microphone in front of him on WWE programming. It's it's awful. It's it's awful. I'd rather listen to I Jerry the think, King Lawler laugh about puppies. I didn't think it was that bad. It wasn't great. Uh, I mean, considering the high quality, the, the high standard that we have for NXT announcers, it could have been better. But uh, I didn't think it was that bad. He did he did his job. How fine. much do you guys appreciate? Maru and Beth <laughs> Phoenix right now. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm that's just true. saying. I definitely, they can come back anytime. Do you, again, okay, so back to this whole thing. Do you think this is a storyline thing? Like, for instance, it's both Kushida's opponents that are getting taken. Like, is, is Kushida turning heel? Are they going to give him a, a makeover? And he's going to be, you know, abducting these people? Like, what? Or is that, is that irrelevant? Is it something else? And it's just coincidence that that's it, after Kushida matches. Like, what do you think is happening there? I, I'm still hung up on the Sam Roberts thing. I'm sorry. All right. Oh God! Sam Roberts makes me wish Thanos would snap oh his fingers, God. and I'd be willing to take the chance that I was one of them, <laughs> just to try and. Get... It's so bad. Please never put him on TV again. Jesus, that was it. Was it took away from so much? You don't think that you're getting stuff. worked a little bit? I'm absolutely. Like, Maybe like, that's the point. Remember He's how much so he was annoying. getting cheered? Mansoor was getting cheered, and Sam was getting booed in Portland. Like it's 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 literally his gimmick to make you hate him. Jesus, I uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> it's, Good grief. It, it, there's a there's there's me disliking a commentator, and then there's me wanting to turn off your entire TV show because I can't hear or pay attention to anything that's going on over the grating sound of his voice. For so, for you, two but you still make it through SmackDown every week with Michael Cole. Ma- Maggle, I can deal Ma- with. Uh, Maggle, Maggle, I've been listening to for twenty I think, years. Yeah, I was gonna say you're just immune. <laughs> the, like the it, scar it's, tissues, it's, it's almost the scar what, what is it, it's like up. the it's the brown noise. Like you're just used to it, right? At a certain point, it's like when you when you blade your forehead too much, you get that big old scar tissue on your forehead, like yeah. like New Jack, New and, Jack. and Abdullah the Butcher it's that and Sandman. Just, <laughs> yeah. All right. So the next match we had uh, Samuel Shaw versus Kenny Marquez. Oh, sorry. Right. It's 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 not fourth wall weekend. We're actually still watching a wrestling show. Dexter Loomis versus Jake Atlas, a debuting Jake Atlas. Welcome, Jake. Uh, one of our boys from here in L.A. Yeah. Uh, Dexter Loomis is back. Still is a serial good. killer. Uh, Jake Atlas looked good, even though he got beat. I. But is here's my question: Is this the wrong time? To be debuting and reintroducing people, Nick. Like, should we be waiting until more people are watching? I, or more people care? Or people in the audience to actually react and tell you what's working or what's not about your presentation? I'm torn on that, man, because I got to tell you, I peed a little bit when Dexter Loomis looked into the camera. I, I was shook. Like, that dude combined with his music sounds like something out of a... Th- There's a thriller movie there with that guy as the... As the antagonist, <laughs> there's there's a. We've been wondering where he was. He's no fantastic, kidding. great gimmick. Him and Chris Statlander need to hang out. Like their gimmicks, like line up in a weird way that oh, they're just so too much. Uh, oh man, Whew. <laughs> the I, moon I, and the one from the moon. I really like Dexter Loomis. I hope he gets 
some some action, some time when if and when these things return back to normal in the well, uh, in the future. So, given how much time they have on a weekly show, how many people they have in the back, the fact that he's out there right now, I'd say it's a good sign. Yeah. Next week we are getting Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa, the final beat. Okay. Uh, that feels like feels like they're missing something. The final beating, the final beat down. Just, nope, the final beat. Final beat off. Wait, phrasing. The no. final beat. That's all. That's all it is. Uh, seems like it should be more than that, but okay. And I guess that's the supposedly the last time they're going to meet. Um, do you think they're going to be able to pull it off, given these circumstances? I'm not sure. Thinking. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm really not sure. Um, this is one of those like skeptically optimistic. I have all the faith in the world that these two will deliver a five-star match. I have no doubt about that. They are going to tear the house down. It's going to be an absolute spectacle. Are we going to care as much if the sixth man, a.k.a. the audience, is not there? Are we going to be as engaged? I don't know yet. And I'm still very shook about all of these empty arena settings to the point that I really haven't made up my mind. The the ones that I'm really enjoying are AEW on Wednesday nights because they're putting at least a handful of wrestlers out there to be music beds, basically. Background noise. Right. Uh, and have some kind of interaction from time to time throughout the two-hour show. This is all just empty. And it's mm-hmm. still very weird for me to hear dead silence in between moves. Like once you hit the yeah. planks and the mat, there's two to three seconds of silence in there before you start stirring around again. And you just hear the referee. And then the microphones and the headsets doubling up and you're getting the echo effect. We heard it a lot on SmackDown earlier tonight uh, with Cole <laughs> yelling into, and you, two mics picking it up. So you get that yeah. echo reverb effect. Like All of that is just awkward and weird and it pulls my eye and my attention away from what's actually going on in the match. So, yeah, that's I really have high hopes that they've done a good job with all of this taped stuff um, that and that WrestleMania is still going to be very enjoyable, but it's kind of to be determined at this point. I want this to be the match we were supposed to get last WrestleMania, last TakeOver Mania. Yeah. Um, yeah. The end-all be-all, the feud finally ends, the last match, and then Champa got hurt. Now we're kind of getting it again in a sort of reverse fashion. This, this so. actually makes me wonder. I mean, if they are really saying, okay, the feud's over here. This is this is the end. This is the bow on top. This is the cherry on the cake. It would be really fun. And I know they, they've they never really done this, and I've wondered why. Uh, but I think it's mostly because a lot of their feuds are very messy. Yeah. But I think that this is one where you really could go back, and you could take every match, and you could take every television moment that they had, every moment of their like all the way at the cruiserweight classic interviews and line it up chronologically one after the other on a blu-ray and just had the blu-ray called gargano champa and just show the evolution of the whole thing now i know two weeks ago (laughs) no i mean like like for an hour length full length matches and like show show all the nuance you know what i mean sure sure um and I mean, some points you'd have to like do little highlight inserts, like you know, everything Gargano did against, for instance, like uh, Adam Cole and his whole journey there, and why that kind of leads him to the dark side. I just I don't know. I think that'd be cool because it is, I think, the greatest modern feud that we've had. Besides, I you know, I'm even going to say at this point, as an overall feud, not matches. I think Kenny Omega and and Okada for me still 
surpass them in terms of their match quality and their four matches. But I think in terms of the story told, way head and shoulders above that. Yeah. Way above that. Because there's so much more going on with the story. And the, the layers and everything they put into it and the character. So, yeah. I, I, I would, I, that's something I, I thought about this week. Would love to see it. Who knows if it'll happen. That's next week. Also next week, Chelsea Green, Tegan Knox, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Io Shirai, and as we know this week, Dakota Kai in a number one contender's ladder match. Mm. That's also happening. So basically, next next NXT is going to be the rest of TakeOver. This week was Keith yeah. Lee, Dijak, and Priest. Next week, the rest of it. Will Sam Roberts be back is the question. We do know that he was present in Florida for all of these tapings and afterwards. No. There's actually even a rumor out there. No. And I know you say no. Don't you, you looked say at the it. note. You looked at the note. Could he be one of the WrestleMania announcers because they can't get everyone there to announce WrestleMania? That's the rumor that part of WrestleMania may, oh, no. or all of WrestleMania may be announced in part by Sam Roberts. So throwing that out there, why don't you contemplate that, Nick? Sit on that and spin for a second while I let everybody know that we're going to head over and discuss the go-home episode of Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, are we going to start off here at the top with what happened at the end? Yes, we are. Why, we don't, you, why don't you do that and I'll do some color at the end. Okay, because <laughs> I you you break that down because I'm still digesting. That was You're like still that was like 15 minutes ago. So it, <laughs> it's I'm, weird to do I'm, a show I, after the show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, I like it. It's so fresh. I, I like it. But it yeah. is. It is. Um. All right. So out comes Elmer. I'm sorry, Brapadu. <laughs> it's John Cena. He comes out to uh to to give a speech at the end of the show. We've known that John Cena is going to come out and give his thoughts about facing Bray Wyatt uh, at WrestleMania in a Firefly Funhouse match. And it's the culmination of the show. And out comes Big Match John to say that uh, he's not someone who feels fear. Uh, the Firefly Funhouse match, no one knows what it is. And uh, he knows that that's just to try to make him afraid and cause panic, which will cause collapse. He says, I'm not panic. I, I will not panic. I, I am not afraid, and I will squash Bray, Riot, Bray Wyatt, Sasha Banks, and finish what I started six years ago. Oof. Oh, burn. He compared Bray Wyatt. Uh, he said Bray Wyatt is on, is on, he's not even the level below me. He's way below me. Uh, he, call, he said, uh, I don't care if it's Run's house or... Buns, I don't even I don't remember half what he said because he just said it like 15 minutes ago and I didn't have a chance to write it down because we had to come and do the show. So I didn't get a chance to really study it. But bottom line was he dissed Bray Wyatt for about six or seven minutes, referencing, of course, that WrestleMania 30 match, which is kind of the basis for this match, mm -hmm. uh, which I thought was a great thing to base it on because as we talked about yesterday in our bonus episode for you patrons, the history of Bray Wyatt going downhill starts with him losing to John Cena at WrestleMania 30. And that's yep. not just WWE retconning it to that. It's it's actually pretty true if you look yep. at it. Like, that's where it really all started going wrong. But I like the fact that they are really basing it on that, that, Br that Bray has never forgiven John for that, that that's been a consistent thorn in his side. And then the puppets come out. As John finishes up his speech saying, yeah, I'm going to kick Bray Wyatt's ass. There's nothing he can throw at me that's going to shake me. 
Out come the puppets to say, yeah, John, when we're done with the match, you're going to come live with us forever. And ever and ever. Yay. Oh, and then everything goes really quiet. So quiet, in fact, Nick, that you were talking about the production earlier. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the only mic they had on, or maybe they just isolated the, the audio track for, for Ramblin' Rabbit. He goes, he's here, and everything else is so quiet. It actually was creepy. It felt like the whole room dropped out because you had all the ambient noise for the rest of the whole thing. Yeah. Ambient noise goes away. It was a great setup effect. You ramble around and go, oh, he's here. The lights slowly. This is the beauty of pre-taping a show, by the way. You can post-produce it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's in subtle ways that actually really worked. Yeah. Lights go out, of course. Lights come back on. Bray Wyatt. The fiend is standing up on the crow's nest, bathed in red light, staring at John Cena in the mist. And John Cena stares back, and the, st- the fiend stares back at him, and that, that mask looks really freaking good. It's really scary. It really is intimidating. No blinking, eyes just, just yeah. frozen pose. Great moment. <sighs> Thousand-yard stare. Cut back to John Cena, and oh, my God, Bray Wyatt is behind him. Let me in. All, all of a sudden... They, they cut back to John Cena, and Mr. Rogers Bray is over his shoulder, leans in real quick and goes, let him in. Boom. And it goes to it just sharp cuts to black, slowly fades back up. John Cena's alone again, and that's the end of the show. No, they should have just left it on black and trademarked a black screen. And no, I liked out. it coming up with, with him being alone again. Because oh, oh what, yeah, okay, that's fine. Right, yeah. with him being alone and looking shook. First of all, great jump scare yes. with Bray popping up behind him. Uh, great way of cutting teleportation. Uh, I'm not going to say they looked at the Matt Hardy thing from last week. I'm not going to say that, but I am going to say this was they, they they executed this jump scare very well. I peed a little. Well, there's too much information, and then there's that. Nick, thank you very much. I hope you changed your drawers before you did the show. Uh, you still wet? Still I, feeling I didn't damp? have time. Oh, good. It that's, just dried naturally. It's fine. That, I'm, I'm sure. I am Southern, you know. I was raised Ugh. in the woods. <sighs> My goodness. Uh, I'll say this. Um, I thought if this is the kind of good post-produced stuff we've got to look forward to the next couple of nights, two thumbs up. Yeah. Because the way that they edited the jump scares, the way that they did the audio processing and editing, the way the way that they just handled this whole thing, if this is a teaser for what's to come the next couple of nights, ooh, that looks good. Mm. Uh, not just that match, that confrontation, that between those two, I'm talking about the whole thing. If they're putting this much effort into one 10-minute segment, and I looked at the clock, there was eight minutes left when Cena came out. They did sure. all this in eight minutes. Um, this but was really, saying, to be fair, was, it was it was one minute of, of Bray and the, and the editing. The rest was just Cena doing another typically strong Cena promo. Yeah. The one note I would have, and I think I've said this before, uh, I feel like the thing that triggers the Fiend coming out, the, the electrical noises and static and everything like that, needs to be chopped down to one little... Bong! Hit that horn. So basically just cut the first one out. And it, like they oh, you don't like you don't like you don't like the, the anticipation of the first couple. The first one, the the first one can get cut out. The second <laughs> one, where it's a, and then hit that horn, right? As a, as a glass shatter, like the Inception horn. <laughs> yes, Inception. I love Bray-ception. it. But I mean, imagine if much like Undertaker's gong, 
Imagine right. if you just hit that horn and the lights went out. Oh, it may it may evolve to that. I think at some point I think it's it will. Like kind of like how Finn's entrance kept getting truncated. <laughs> so they might actually end up, end up doing that. But any, but yeah, no. This this was a really strong go home moment. I have to say, having just finished SmackDown an hour and fifty minutes ago now, that was a strong ending. I was suffering for a bit of this show. But that ending, I went, oh, hell yes. And maybe it's the horror fan in me. Maybe it's the fact that I just I keep wanting them to nail the fiend. I keep wanting them to do right by Bray Wyatt. Yeah. And this was doing right by Bray Wyatt. I, th- so that made me happy. So for me, it was a really strong go home. And I just was like, yes, yes. I also thought it was great that, they, that John pointed out, well, now we know since Goldberg exposed that the fiend can be weak. Um, there, like little moments like that in this, I thought were great. As you said, fourth wall breaking, but not really, because I felt they kept yeah. it just within kayfabe. Well, John's and infamous I, for doing that well, level of work, right? The man also, moments, comment, and things like that. He is. He's become infamous for that, unfortunately. Yeah. But I don't think it's necessarily the case because right here, what is, and they did a terrible job of explaining this at the time, and they should have actually led into it with this or or actually pre-thought this. But the idea that to get his hands on John Cena, the Fiend had to drop the title to Goldberg because he didn't really care about the title. Yeah. If they could turn the ship into that storyline, which they have started to do, you know what I mean? Like if they just had that ready at the time, it would have taken the bad taste out of a lot of people's mouths. Yep. You know, again, story, story, story. If you can tell the story, people will forgive any of your booking if you can just tell the story right. And yep. that's an example of that is, you know, the next night, have the Fiends be like, I didn't really need the title. I wanted to get John. And if Goldberg, Gold, Goldberg can have the damn title. I don't give a crap. It's like I said on our bonus episode yesterday, my thoughts on this is that they didn't want to have the Fiend holding the title. They wanted to have Cena go against the Fiend. You I can't give him 17. You can't give, well, one, you can't have him lose a championship match when he right. could potentially break the record. That's right. what, that's what dropped, and I think they wanted to have Cena go out on his back like a champ to put Bray over and put Fiend over at Mania. I think that's probably been a long-running idea or plan, but Bray can't have the title to do that. And I think right. that's why they swapped it at a Saudi Arabia show so that we could get past it. Yeah, let's get that. it done. Let's get it over let's, with. Let's rip that effing Band-Aid <laughs> off, and then he can get it back after John lays down for him, and everybody's he gets to say his goodbyes and all that Maybe. stuff. And If he does. I don't. I think the Fiend doesn't need the belt. But speaking of ripping off sure. the Band-Aid, yeah. he, he doesn't. He doesn't. He's better off without it. I'm glad he doesn't have I, it. I agree. I'm in hindsight. I'm grateful for Goldberg just taking it, get ripped off the damn Band-Aid. Speaking of ripping off the Band-Aid, let's talk about this next match and get through it because I don't want to talk about it too much. Naomi. Uh, one thing before we Amina go into this, uh, this vitriol. Uh, Esme with another 10 bucks in the tip jar. Thank you Esme. very much. Good Lord. Thanks for watching SmackDown, guys, she says. Well, why wouldn't we? Did you not get to see it? I Th- guess that was the question. I don't know. She said, all I, all I know is thank you, Esme, not only for thank that, you, but for also putting some of the funniest one-liners in our chat I've seen today. I haven't been able to really call it out, but she's been throwing down some one-liners down there that have been hilarious. Yeah, Paul Newman movies, so, too. One of my favorite actors. So, yeah. Paul Newman? Fuck Paul you. Newman. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's, let's... From the good to the bad, Naomi versus Tamina versus Lacey Evans uh, with Bailey and Sasha on, quote-unquote, commentary. This was just 10 minutes of cringe. Um, Still not as bad as Sam Roberts on NXT. I'm just I don't saying. know. I, I I think I would take Sam Roberts over Bailey and Sasha trying to do commentary with Michael Cole. 
You're fired. That was it was it hurt me. My ears were bleeding. It was so bad. The match was irrelevant. That was the worst part too. It was it was basically like I don't have to tell you what happened in the match. It doesn't matter. Well, kind of. Tamina wins the match. She super kicked Naomi. Whoop de doo. At some point, Sasha tried to get up to interfere. She threw Lacey in the stairs. Ended up eating a kick from Naomi. She got laid out. Bailey tried to get involved, uh, and afterward tried to shake Tamina's hand. Uh, and then Tamina super kicked her. Sasha tried to say, "Hey, we're team bad, right?" Tamina's like, "Yeah." Super kicked her. Tamina stands tall. Or no, she gave her a Samoan drop, not a super kick. Right on her shoulder, which I'm surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to hear Sasha has a separated shoulder. Thanks. She's not Nia Jax. Calm down. But at the bottom line was this to me underlined that the only important people in this match are Bailey and Sasha, which is the last thing you want to do. They try to get over the fact that Tamina is big and strong. I think that they did their best effort at trying to say that, hey, Tamina also matters, but it felt hollow. It definitely made Naomi and, and Lacey Evans feel completely irrelevant. I might have booked myself into a shoot. What? I don't even know what that means. Worked myself into. Uh, we'll there do that when go. we do the pickums. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, good. We'll leave it at that. Those then, of you that were in over... the chat know what I'm talking about. Uh oh. <laughs> in the Discord, I mean. Oh lord. Uh, we'll anyway, go over that in the pickums. Yeah. Go we'll, ahead. We'll leave that where it is. That was that happened, and it it, it was, it was, and that's all I have to say about that. Let's talk about something that I know you've been waiting to talk about this whole show, Nick. Finally. Tucker. Tucker had a match with Dolph I have Ziggler. been redeemed. <laughs> yes, Tucker Lord. had a match with Dolph Ziggler. And uh, the match also wasn't terribly relevant, okay. although it was actually a pretty fun match. It was nice to see uh, Dolph you know, selling his ass off for a guy who's really talented like Tucker. Yeah. Um, at the end, though, Dolph did give a zigzag onto the stairs, which arbitrarily caused a disqualification for the match. Out came Otis. To try to well, let's see. First, Dolph tried to kill uh, Tucker on the stairs again. Tried to hurt him. Mandy came out to stop him, saying, "No, no, it's too much. It's too far." Otis then came out to to chase off Dolph. And once all the pieces of this this little play, this little uh, menage a cinq, were in the were in the ring, were in the arena, that's when it hit. If any of you've been paying attention, the little the little like static interference with the circle of lights has been going on only over the Mandy and Tucker and Otis and Dolph segments for the last few weeks. Uh, I think I pointed it out two or three shows ago and you said I was, I was over nitpicking it, but it turned out to be something because this week, sure enough, those lights came back and it was revealed that this person, whoever it may be, Mustafa Ali was uh, sitting in front of a bank of computers. He's a hacker. It's a hacker gimmick. Which we, I don't think and we've he, ever had before in WWE. No, Solomon Crow never existed. Okay. And uh, and sure enough, he turns around, still hooded. We can't tell who it is. Mustafa Ali. And he turns back around and says, the truth will be revealed in a you know his voice box kind of thing. And he shows video of that harlot, Sonya Deville, messing with the text messages to make Otis be late and erasing his text back to Mandy Rose so that Dolph could slide in at her DMs and get to that dinner on time and just absolutely steal her from Otis. Even showing video of Sonya Deville and Ziggler talking about their little plan. 
All right, so classic WWE production, like not it, this wasn't exactly Hollywood cinema here, but fine. It's WWE drama, but I I thought for WWE drama, it was executed pretty well. M- Mandy didn't really play her shock and horror at having seen this so great, but my God, Otis did. Nick, uh, I, I'm sure you have something prepared for this too. The plot twist has been revealed the day before the WrestleMania match theoretically could happen. That Ziggler and Sonya conspired to have Ziggler start dating Mandy Rose and steal her from Otis. Your boy, Otis, I might add. Uh, was Dolph tried to get away at the end of this. And by the way, Otis threw himself at Dolph trying to catch him so hard he split his elbow open. Nice. What do you think about all of this? Uh, Nick, we're, you're, this, is, this, is, this is your favorite story in WWE right mwah. now. What it, yeah, you happy with this? Just five star. <laughs> mwah. You've, got, you've introduced a hacker gimmick, which gets my little tech going. Uh, whoever the hell's in the black hood, I love it. In fact, don't I don't care if it's Mustafa Ali. Never reveal it. Never reveal oh, who it is. Make it a long-running thing that some... Yeah, GTV, definitely. GTV, totally. Make totally. it run forever. Make it be the thing that goes away for a year and then randomly pops back up whenever you've got the next... Story, no, they don't whatever. have that kind of. Oh, fan. come on! <laughs> no, this so is fun. Can... like okay, but to take a while to reveal who the hacker is. Come on, Nick. At like at least now that we know there's a, there's a hacker out there trying to expose the truth, right? No, don't do it right away. No, don't reveal it. Um, no, I, I don't want to know who it is. I want to know that there's someone there's anonymous out there doing the good work, right? Literally, uh, even in WWE kayfabe. Showing this video. Now, we saw... Did we see a little bit of this back last year with Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax and Mickey James during the bullying thing? We saw, like, some footage. They tried to do something yeah, similar was, to this. That was like, you know, there was a camera guy who left a camera in the room. They kind of explained right. it that dumb way. Accidental this was, this hot mic like, or something like right, that. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I loved this. I loved the reveal. I loved the fact that I called it a month ago that it was going to be Sonya that was behind all of this. Sure. I, lo- I love the fact that... Um, that we now have been redeemed and we're going to get even more stuff with this. We got to see Mandy saying that she really did like Otis. He's a little bigger than I like, but he's cute in a different way. Like That's for sure. All of that organic, <laughs> warm kind of, he's going to get the girl stuff kind of comes right. back. It came running back uh, even after they've screwed things up over the last couple of weeks. Just when I think you couldn't get any dumber, WWE, you totally redeem yourself. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Uh, they they played it right into your wheelhouse there, they Nick. Did. Yes, they did. What, what, right are do when, what are you going to do when the hacker turns out to be uh, uh, May Young and, and uh, Mark Henry's hand? Their their son, the hand. I'm just I'm curious. <laughs> no, no? The, the hand would be wearing a glove, not a hoodie. He would be in a handy. That would be amazing. <laughs> that doesn't matter. He just, you know, maybe he could have like all the other fingers are down. It's just the one. He's like, give me all the middle finger. That's how. That's how. No. No. How do you, you know, like, like, like one of these? Like, here's here's the shoulders right. and there's the hood. I'm just you could do the uh, the Dane Cook just super finger. Flipped right? off our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was reverse. It was flipping off the wall. All right. So yeah. No, this was it was this was fun. Do you feel like they should have waited for this until after? 
after their match at WrestleMania, or does this give Otis another reason to kick Dolph's ass? Exactly. Is this more drama for the match? Okay. This is more drama for the match. This is good All build, right. great to do on the go home. Where the match at WrestleMania tomorrow night or Sunday, whenever it is, I don't know when that one is, uh, is is just going to be even that much more emotional and charged now that we know the truth. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we saw. Mandy and Sonya get into it either backstage or in some kind of segment themselves uh, as a part of this, circling this whole thing. Maybe they're both out at ringside. Uh, I really think this turns into, and I think I said it in Discord, I feel like there's no way this doesn't turn into a, uh, a jaded or, or, or jealous lover, I should say, that uh, hopefully this is the angle Sonya always wanted to do in a pseudo-lesbian angle. Where that she wanted to have this, that this was part of the idea, where she got to, she was trying to, to you know, woo Mandy this whole time that she's been with her, and she sees her go off after Otis, so she sent the text, and that was there's going to be that. I love how you this is save it for Nick booking, would you? Like oh, that's oh, that's <laughs> Nick booking's much worse. <laughs> you are not prepared. Not None prepared. of you are prepared. I love how everyone's already booking who the hacker is. We have we have people. People. Uh, Esme says it's Ember Moon, which I think is actually kind of a cool idea. Cool. Yeah. I'm saying Ali, um, or or the hand. Butter said it was the mechanical spider. Uh, <laughs> we all know the, uh, who's dead. He's dead. Drew killed him. Like, come on. Ah, that's funny. Um, yeah, but it could be Paul London finally coming back to the com- company. Oh wait, oh. probably not. Oh, come on. All right. So next up, we had what I'm going to call the WWE Ruins Ian's Dreams match. Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura is given away in a meaningless nothing match on an audience-less episode of SmackDown before WrestleMania. Not to say that the segment was bad. Not to say that there was anything wrong with it. It was fine. It was building towards the match they're having, which is Sami Zayn defending the Intercontinental Championship against Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Daniel's got to run the gauntlet, and, and Gulak's got to run the gauntlet to get to Sami Zayn. All right, it's the story. I get it. But God damn it, if you like, and it's just it's me being a wrestling nerd and knowing the history between Sami's between uh, Daniel Bryan and Nakamura that absolutely murders me on this. To see this match, and it's just a, it's just a, a, it's just a giveaway, right? A giveaway, nothing match. Yeah. Um. That's that's what hurt me about this. I mean, just to just to let you in where I'm coming from. Okay. Daniel Bryan, back when he was Bryan Danielson and American Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before no, before all of that. Oh wow. Okay. They they both trained in Inoki's LA dojo in the early 2000s. They were roommates. It was the two of them and Lyoto Machida, who's a who's an MMA fighter now. See, guys, that were in the MMA Discord. I told you, now. Ian would know. Um, they, we were we were talking about this in Discord without you. Oh, <laughs> yeah. sorry, I wasn't there. I was busy writing the show. Um, yeah, they were roommates together. The only matches they've ever been in together outside of WWE were in tag matches in New Japan, and it's it's almost impossible to find those matches. Um, they've never been in a singles match together. One of the reasons why Shinsuke Nakamura came to WWE. He announced he was leaving New Japan the beginning of 2016. Later, into, like, A couple months later, Daniel Bryan got injured and was out. So they never actually crossed over in WWE. But Daniel Bryan was one of the reasons why Shinsuke... And he's, he helped convince Shinsuke to come to WWE. And he never had a chance to face him. And Shinsuke said, I wanted to come there to face Daniel Bryan in WWE. Never had the chance. Mm. 
And so to have it finally happen, that this match that was for them a dream, for them to finally come around full circle and have a singles, that's how monumental this match was. It's the first singles match between two guys who were roommates in the New Japan Dojo 18 years ago, 19 years ago. And this was their first match together. Why, why, just, was, I agree with you completely, knowing all of that context. Why in the hell would they not use that to build up a feud between the two of them? And, and like this was some of the most entertaining work I've seen Shin do since he's been in WWE. Like I, I really enjoyed this match, and I agree with you. I hate that it was given away, but I understand why they did because they've been, they've spent so much time on Sami Zayn and so little time on Shinsuke Nakamura. So if Daniel Bryan wins, maybe we're blessed with a Shinsuke Nakamura feud for the Intercontinental to get his t- Intercontinental title back with Daniel Bryan post Mania. Maybe that that's the hope we can have. I can hope that it spins into a Nakamura feud, but again, right now, Sammy seems to be the focus of this group, and which is fine because he is the personality. And this this whole bit, this whole segment, drove that home. Apparently, oh, we had a little technical there. glitch there. Hello. Hello. I apologize, everybody. Something happened. Yeah. One second, guys. We're back on, but just hang tight with us for one second. Your video is completely foobar. Huh. That's weird. You're, you're I, all no. kinds of pixelated and... Oh, boy. Do you have an internet outage there or something for a second? I, not that I know of. Whew. Else... That killed our entire Skype session, whatever that was. Holy crap. So you are... Thanks, Spectrum, pixelated. you pieces of crap. <laughs> Called him the other day. Oh, trust me, I'm, I'm working on fixing this on my end, everybody, and I apologize. I'm working on fixing this on my end, and they are just bears to work with. Yeah, you're starting to um, come back now a little bit. Okay, good. Yeah, we can keep going wherever we were. Um, I don't remember. That was weird. Well, if everyone, everyone in uh, in chat, if you could do me a favor, let me know what was the last thing that you really heard from me. Because I know I was kind of rambling there, starting to go off on a bit of a speech. But you can tell me the last thing you heard, and I'll go back to where I was. And that'll be very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> the hacker is listening, apparently. <laughs> the hacker is listening. Shit, we got too close to the source. Right. They listen. We know they listen. Yeah, maybe it is Paul in the... <laughs> Hey man, that yeah, rabbit trail. We, we, so we were talking about uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and um, yes, thank Sammy you, Mr. and all that kind of thank stuff. Thank you, Mr. Jessup. Uh, right. So yeah. So Sammy is the focal point of the whole thing. That's why he was on commentary. It's why he was doing a great job of explaining things on commentary, setting up the whole feud, telling the story of all of this, including calling Gulak a nobody, um, which I think may factor into the actual match at WrestleMania. This ended up in a giant beatdown. Um, Nakamura looked like he was on. The ropes and they got in, they interfered and cost Daniel Bryan the match. Right. And there was a beatdown on Daniel Bryan Samuel, Samuel, uh, and uh, Gulak after the match. So I, I have to admit, just because of my predilection and my, my nerddom for both of these guys, for Daniel Bryan and Nakamura, it made me a little bitter about the Sami Zayn. Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania, which is hilarious because I should be amazingly excited about that 
because that's also a fantastic match that I've wanted for years and years and years. Do you think, Nick, given all the setup they've had for this, and I've heard people say that this is another WrestleMania match on this card. It's a little bit of a, a letdown on the build. I think they've done a solid job. It's just that it's, there's a bunch of guys they haven't done a good job of keeping hot in the eyes of the audience. And it's only people like me and maybe you, Nick, that are, that are a bit more on the nerdy sides of uh, wrestling that are sitting here going, these are, I love all these guys. Freaking Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, Drew Gulak, that's you're talking about five guys. You put them in a, a fatal five way and just leave them alone and let them go. You could put, you could be looking at a five star match, like some of the most talented, amazing technical wrestlers on your roster of the last 20 years, what a, frankly, what a lineup. Yeah. And what we're getting is a story based match about Sami Zayn trying to avoid contact with people and being this kind of like somewhat of a mastermind. Like it's not what, I think the marks, for lack of a better word, if I'm, if you want to call me a mark or a nerd, whatever you want to call it, if you, it's not what I want to see out of this. I'm excited to see it because of the talent, but I know it's not going to be what I want it to be. But I said that about Gulak and Daniel Bryan too, and look what they gave us. Yeah, and I, and I'm not. I didn't know I wanted to see a match between Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura until tonight, and for, because I think Daniel Bryan's going to beat Sami Zayn to becoming an Intercontinental Champion, and we're going to have some kind of turn where Gulak says, I'm better than you, and he ends up putting the title on the line. I, th- I think we're this is all to work towards Gulak Bryan. But after seeing that match tonight with Shinsuke in my head, I'm going, hmm, there might be a better alternative here that's more heel face. But only, that's having- what I'm worried about. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm worried about is that's, that's just us seeing it now because I gave you some context. Yeah. The fact that they had this match and there was no, there was it was a very straightforward WWE match. Does anybody like you were saying that's not a twenty year that's been watching all this stuff outside of WWE, frankly, for twenty years? uh, Do they have any context or idea of what the gravity of these two getting in the ring together is? No, no, and they didn't sell it on commentary. Nothing was said about it. They didn't say a damn thing about what a big deal that is. Yeah. And that's that's what was kind of killing me. But at the same time, I'm just going to sit back and be like, cool, I'm going to be entertained by Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Yeah. And just, it is what it is. But to be clear, it was it was for me sitting there like watching, it was like watching Picasso and Monet painting a, a, a picture for the lobby of a hotel. You know what I mean? That That's how it felt. Was, this could be so much more. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It, it, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to be. Yep. Yeah. But my God, these guys, they're doing that. Oh, it hurt. Yeah. Finally, uh, Miz and Morrison had a segment where they clarified that they can beat the Usos in the New Day. It was supposed to be a Miz TV segment, but the Usos came out to interrupt. And the New Day came out to interrupt the Usos. And then Miz and Morrison came out to interrupt the Usos in the New Day, who were starting to bicker a little bit. And then the Usos of the New Day decided to go up and beat up Miz and Morrison. Miz and Morrison turned the tables and ended up standing tall. Uh, did this set up enough that this is a triple threat where anyone can fight anybody or did it make us feel like Miz and Morrison were outgunned? Um, that's the first question. The second one is we are still being told by, uh, by, by Meltzer that Miz couldn't work this match and it's a, it's a triple threat singles match, ladder match for the titles. And they didn't explain that at all on this show. This still looks like it's going to be a tag match across the board. Yeah. So who do we believe? So those, those, that's my two questions I've got right now. 
I feel like it was taped already. It was taped already, and they're saying it was taped as a as a triple threat singles match. Wow! But we don't have confirmation of that. I guess I'll believe that when I see it. But I that's what I'm saying. This could be a huge stumble by Meltzer if it comes out and it's actually a, a, a triple threat tag match. And we actually, you know, he's wrong because he's he's doubling down on it. You know, when I'm when I'm reading his page, he's saying, I don't know how they're gonna make this work because they should have set this up on this show, but yep. it's it's you know, Miz wasn't in this match. Dunno. Yeah. Dunno. Uh do you feel like that story wise they set it up enough or so I mean so Morrison against Kofi against Jimmy? Like, is that what we're talking about here? They're just going to pick one each of the tag team, and then they're going to have a single triple threat ladder match for the tag team championships? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, does it? I, I don't. I don't. I don't believe that. And if they do do that, it can't be for the titles. That's just. It would be completely wrong to still have the titles at stake without it being a tag team triple threat match. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I'm stuck on that. I don't know, man. I'll see. When, I don't know when either. They, when they announce and they bring the guys to the ring, I, I'll I'll believe that. Sorry, Meltzer. I'm now hoping that I just hope that Miz is in it just to piss off Butters in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, no. So I'm curious. I'm curious to see how they bring it home. This was a. It was fun. It was short. It was fairly meaningless, but it was at least entertaining. You know, Biggie saying, "Ah, oh, people at home." Yep. <laughs> I laughed. I marked yeah. out. I I. I chuckled. I had a mild chuckle. Uh, and then most of the SmackDown was Ric Flair's final match versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, um, which, you know, I was pissed about. I'm like, why don't you show a match that's relevant? Like, okay, great. One of the all-time classic WrestleMania matches. Great moment. A little feels. But why not, so, why not show John Cena versus Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania 30? Because they already did. Why not, why not show? I guess they did. Why not show? But okay, something that's relevant to this WrestleMania. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. It, it, if you're going to show past matches, show something that's relevant to what you're promoting. Yeah. It just seemed a little, uh, a little strange as opposed to, hey, here's a great WrestleMania moment. So, I don't know. Uh, I just anyway. I, I actually turned the channel and I was hoping Discord would clue me back in. I went away for 20 minutes and came back and caught oh, the wow. end of it. And, yeah. I just, I've, that's probably one of my most watched matches in WWE history. Is that it's a great match. match. So I didn't need to sit there for another half hour and watch it again, especially it included three commercial breaks, I think. Oh, which, which was just brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to watch it with a, with a commercial break. Like, oh, my God. Got me. Oh, it's that time, Ian. Oh, I, I've been, I've it's been delaying It's time it. for us to I've head over it. Oh. and do our WrestleMania Pick'ems. So for WrestleMania 36, we are not only going in head-to-head competition with all of the phenomenal ones that choose to participate. Again, it is voluntary. If you are at the $5 tier or higher, you will be able to fill a sheet out directly after the show tonight when we post it on Patreon. Uh, Yes, I will be including a sheet for everybody else to play along at home, but to compete, you must send your picks to me and you must be a patron. So don't send them Mm. to me if you're not a patron, right? But for everybody in the group, if you guys all want to play along, make your picks, see how you do maybe you become a patron for SummerSlam this summer yep um pending we have one not to be a downer but, hey-o. Uh, uh, on, but yes uh ian i just want to clarify that our picks here yes are we are are these our picks we're locking in for going in raw or are these yes. our picks for the patrons pickums or both 
This is uh, this is all in on everything here, Nick. Oh my God, I am we not are... prepared for eighteen <laughs> matches. You should. Well, uh, 16, 17 that we're calling. Okay. A- 18, 18 total things we have to call right now. All right, let's do it. Uh, this is gonna be this is gonna be brutal. It could be a bloodbath. And actually, right now, from what I understand, they're actually doing the same thing over on Going in Raw, nice. where they're giving their pickums right now as well. So we're going in blind. They're going in blind. Neither of us knows what the other show is picking. It's as fair as possible. But you, if you are a patron, will know. You'll have a 24 hours notice, so you know what we're picking. You just don't know what we're the what we're betting on each one of these. Yeah. You don't know what we're betting. <sighs> so here we go, Nick. Starting off at the top, we got to run through this because we are running behind. Yes. Uh, Otis, Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. Who do you have picking up? Of the win here. I'm inclined to say Dolph Ziggler because of Sonya Deville interference. Uh, really? And that, and that breeds a little bit of caring from Mandy towards Otis. And we end up in a possible intergender match long term here. Uh, I'm picking Dolph Ziggler to win. See, here's the problem that's going to be the problem through this entire thing is are they going to culminate some of these at WrestleMania or are they going to make some of these go on because they want them to have a proper finish later on? That's going to be the big logical problem that I'm going to have with a bunch of my picks here is do they want this feud to continue past WrestleMania because it's going to be a garbage finish if they have it with no crowd? Did they know that DeSantis was going to call for the shelter-in-place order statewide, and did they wrap all of the, a big bow on all of these? Are we going to have Otis and Mandy making out as the lights go I out? Thought it, I know? thought it was more that you know they're they're anticipating when they're going to get crowds back. Let alone you know yeah. forget that stuff. Like it's yeah. just the crowds. They want to do something in front of crowds. But I'm going to pick. Are you, are you locked in on Ziggler there? I'm going to pick Ziggler. Yeah. All right. Well, so I'm going for Otis. I think it's uh it's fait accompli. The man's got to get his hands on Dolph Ziggler. We got to move to the next stage of this feud. King Corbin. Versus Elias in the WGAF match. Uh, who do you have winning this one? Does Elias recover from getting thrown onto concrete, or does King Corbin stand tall at the end of this one? My heart wants Elias. My head says King Corbin. So I'm going to go. King Corbin wins this match. All right. Uh, I am going to pick Elias just because I, uh, I can't have all the faces win here let's see there's Let plenty of matches first. it's not gonna matter just pick who you're yeah gonna... but i've got a i've got a my my gut is the worst thing to follow when it comes to this <laughs> okay. Nick. i've got to follow my head on this uh but i'm gonna say because he tried to kill him elias is gonna come back strong and have a nice facey moment here alistair black versus bobby lashley black this should be a this should be a quick one yeah nobody cares alistair alistair black nobody cares it's gonna be it's gonna be great but black masses ends yep um the, I, and and frankly, if Lashley does win this, I will burn down Titan Towers. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. Is Seth uh, going to keep his streak at WrestleMania going, or does Kevin pick up the win here? I'm torn, man. This is a tough one. This is a coin flip one because you stake the, the um, viability of the Monday Night Messiah on his ability to stand behind and execute on what he says – Versus the heart of the of Kevin Owens, right? Of being able to overcome it. Uh, I think Kevin Owens wins here, and I think he does it because he got it. Originally, he got attacked in the behind the van when Seth revealed that he was turning again. I think Kevin Owens gets one back here, but especially since there's not a title involved. I'm picking Kevin right. Owens. I think it's going to gut Kevin Owens' presentation if he doesn't win here after everything that they've set up. Yep. Given the fact that 
it's basically like if he loses here, he is like they set up basically that Seth can't lose at WrestleMania and Kevin can't win. And if they double down on that, it just it's just gonna gut Kevin. So I've got to say Kevin wins this one. Agreed. Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a boneyard match. To to quote Esme, someone's gonna get boned. <laughs> someone's gonna. Yeah, that's right. Uh, AJ Styles. Uh, hopefully, this is the one where Taker lays down to put somebody over for reals, and we get sort of the last ride, pun intended, of the Undertaker in the graveyard, in the boneyard, and AJ Styles gets. Even more shot to the moon because he's the one that retired the Undertaker finally for the third time. Did you just pick AJ Styles? I just picked AJ Styles. I want to pick uh, Undertaker and move on before you change your mind. John yep. Cena before. Uh, oh my goodness gracious, Nick. You madman. John Cena versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt in a Firefly Funhouse match. Um, so it is confirmed we're getting the Fiend. In the Firefly Funhouse. It's not going to be Funhouse Bray in the Funhouse. Correct. Right? Yeah. That's that's what John Cena it's, would say. It's going to be the Fiend. Cena's going to lay down like a champ, put put Bray He's, over. He him. has to. Yeah. It, it has to. If they don't do this, I will burn down Titan Towers. Edge versus Randy Orton. Edge. Last man standing. I wonder. I wonder. Edge. This is one of those ones where do they want to extend this feud because they want to get this in front of a crowd? Randy's had plenty of WrestleMania moments, Edge. I wonder. I truly do wonder. I, I wonder if this is one where they pull some sort of shenanigans on Edge and Randy gets the win here and they keep this feud going. I truly do. Like, if they want to keep this... I know. I know. <laughs> I'm going to pick Edge because it's the safe bet. It is. But I'm just... I'm voicing... I'm voicing the fact that I You have I'm voices not, in your head? Is that what you're saying? They're calling to me and they're telling me they understand that Edge might not win this. The Kabuki Warriors versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross for the Women's Tag Team Championships. This one. I'm scared of this one. Is this one. Uh, yeah, I'm worried about this one too. I'm, what do you think's happening here? Uh, I'm wondering about Kyrie at this point. Uh, I think she's stuck in Japan. I think they're going to drop the tag team championships to Alexa and Nikki. She's not. They are allowing flights to and from Japan. Uh, that and I didn't they're, know. They're actually, they are allowing flights okay. coming in and out now. Um, I, what my, one of my, uh, my, my bar owners lives in Ireland. She just came back from Ireland. So, so one, of my, the, one of the reasons my thought process was they're going to drop the tag team titles and let Oscar work singles like she's been doing so brilliantly lately. Um, but that really being the only reason why. I, I, I'm, I'm still going to pick Bliss and Cross here. They, they oh, just showed God. Alexa Bliss could beat Oscar. Are you kidding me? So yeah, I, that's, that, that's kind of telegraphing it to me. Nervous the most. I think that yeah, this was one of those ones I just got no. I have no confidence in this one. Neither. I'll take Bliss Cross. This is going to well. be a one. <laughs> all, all just because I think they want to have Alexa hold up a belt at WrestleMania. Yep. God, I want to go back and change that Edge one. Damn, I might. We're not done with our pickums yet. I might go back and change okay. that. Okay, are we opening? We're, so we're opening up that we it's can open change until, picks. until we're done. Until we're done with the pickums, right. it's still All we right. can go back and we'll, second we'll do ourselves. at the very end. We'll do. Are there any we want to change? Uh, so we'll, yes. Yeah. Well, there okay. you go. There you go. Miz and Morrison versus New Day versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships in a ladder match. That's allegedly going to be three singles guys. Who knows? <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't. How do I book that? I don't know. Uh, Miz and Morrison retain. Because, okay. you know, I don't I don't know. I, yeah, I really and I don't, don't know. This is the problem is I don't think they're retaining, but I got no freaking clue who's picking them up. 
I'll me I either. Have no idea. But I'll, I'll I'll lean on the the edge of the reigning champions. And I'm kicking myself because I wish I checked to see. I don't believe. I know New Day's never won. No, did they win? Did they beat the Bludgeon Brothers for it? Damn, I didn't check to see which teams had won at WrestleMania, won tag team championships at WrestleMania. I did not. I did not research. I didn't not. I didn't do my research. Uh, oh, so here's the problem. The next one we're talking about is Street Profits versus Angel Garza, Austin Theory. I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm. The street profits are damn retaining. In this they are. That's absolutely. Not, that's not even. That's not even a question. So you're 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 inclined to say that the SmackDown is going to change hands. Yeah, you know, like just are they going to have both tag belts stay where they are? That seems strange. Uh, I just don't know if if they're not going to retain. It's a 50-50 coin flip with no it's a coin flip with no indication yeah. in either way with a New Day or the Usos of, of who Absolutely. could do it. Absolutely. It's a ladder match. I feel like that might favor the Usos a little bit. That's one thing that I'm thinking about. Yeah, it's um, Kofi on New Day. It favors Miz and Morrison, too. True. But they stood tall. They stood tall at the end of the show. That's right. what makes me think that they're not retaining. Literally on um, ladders. They, they <laughs> well, then they got knocked out the ladders and they beat everyone up with ladders. So. Uh, I'm f- I think New Day ah. and Usos are fine where they're at. I think Miz and Morrison need to keep the titles to ma- maintain relevance in multiple facets. I, I'm going to stick with my pick of they retain. I do agree. I think Miz and Morrison are more relevant with the tag team championships. Um, We're going to have to talk about off-air or tomorrow during the day what we do if, they, if it's confirmed that they're coming out as it's singles. singles. Yeah. I'm gonna say Ms. Morrison. Well, I think we're stick with our picks, but yeah. I'm gonna say Ms. Morrison too. I'm yeah. just gonna be a, I'm gonna be a wuss and and do that as well. Uh, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. We did three problems right there. Retaining. We both agree they're, on that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They're not dropping to Austin Theory. Not, no. <laughs> no, God no. no. Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan Intercontinental Championship. This is a tough one. This da- is tough. Daniel Bryan. Even though Sammy just got it, there's more potential with Daniel Bryan and Shin or Daniel Bryan and Gulak than there is with Sami Zayn and even having that title. But in my head, I'm going, yeah, but Sami Zayn is so good with it on the on the mouth on the microphone, and I'm I'm so torn. Everything in me is telling me Daniel Bryan. This is where I'm going to go rogue and say Sami Zayn. Okay, and possibly because Drew Gulak turns on Daniel Bryan and joins the Artist Collective. Yeah, I'm going rogue in this you one. You heartbreaking son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm leaving it at that. No. Rhea Ripley versus We got to move. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship, the only NXT title defended on this show. Another brutal. This is going to be a bloodbath, Nick. Going to be a bloodbath. Who do you have? Rhea Ripley or Charlotte Flair? Come on back to me. Oh man. Should I go first? Uh, does, no, I mean, I'm thinking out loud. Does Charlotte Flair actually hold the title in NXT? Does she is she not on the main shows, but she's on NXT as the women's? I just don't see it as plausible. I, I Rhea Ripley retains. I just don't see, and I think it puts Rhea Ripley over even more massive than she is right now, and sends Charlotte back to the main roster with her tail tucked between her legs, and you know. Maybe we get yet another facey Charlotte Flair coming back out out of this. Who knows? Who knows? It does no good for Rhea to lose to Charlotte at WrestleMania. 100%. Rhea it does, it does all here. the good in the world. 
Charlotte can lose this match. And if, frankly, if they have Charlotte win, it's I'm going to suddenly start siding with the people that are getting sick of her winning everything. Yeah, Charlotte the Lol Charlotte wins people. Yeah. The Charlotte Reigns people. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm going to turn. Because yeah. right now I'm still on the Charlotte's great. She's wonderful. I, I don't mind that she's being booked so strong because she is, she's a legacy wrestler. She's got the look. She has the moves. She's, got, she's a total package. I get it. But with those people, you have to know when to let them elevate other people. Yep. She yeah, she's will way be past that already. Fine if she loses to Rhea Ripley, especially yep. if, it's a, if it's how she loses kind of thing, right? She will be fine. If you elevate Rhea, you elevate the entire NXT brand, which is one of the things they want to do. The whole point is to make NXT feel like a third brand and like the people on that show can hang with the main roster people. That's now the only thing that make, that concerns me about this pick is Rhea has got, already gotten a couple ones over on Charlotte in the last couple pay per views, and this may be their way of giving Charlotte hers back. But if they do that, and again, it's a WWE, so I'm not saying that they won't, <laughs> but they very well could. But it'd be a terrible idea. I, this, this is one where Rhea ha, Rhea should get this one on Charlotte. What if? Uh, and I'll throw this curveball at you. What if this ends up in a sort of schmoz finish of sorts or Bianca Belair gets involved, costs Charlotte, Rhea, or, or Rhea retains by DQ in some way because of Bianca, and it leads right. it, it excuses Charlotte gracefully from this, and we get Rhea Bianca, which is probably what we should have had. Bianca I, has been AWOL. She could we, figure right, out. We haven't figured out where she is in the last few weeks. So maybe Bianca screws Rhea and Charlotte wins that way. And so that would mitigate our vitriol for Charlotte. Charlotte could still win, but Rhea would look like look strong in the finish. Well, I That's still feel like possible. Rhea would want the honorable victory here and she would be mad at Bianca, even if she, you know, messed with Charlotte to have Rhea retained by DQ. But then does Charlotte go work NXT for a while? Like no. that seems, I think that she's seems desperately crazy. needed on SmackDown. Is she though? Yes. They've got, but they're going to head into. Let's talk about that. Tamina that right was now. standing tall in a women's match this tonight, Ian. She, we desperately need people on SmackDown Women's Division. <laughs> You've got Nia coming back. You'll be fine. No. Bailey versus Sasha versus Naomi versus Lacey Evans versus All Tamina right. for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Come Are you on, ready Nick, for some Nick booking? Oh God! Are you ready? No, no, God, don't you do it? Are you ready for some tin hat? <laughs> no. Sasha Banks screws Bailey, giving Lacey Evans the opportunity to get the sneaky roll up. Lacey Evans wins the match. It leads to a Bailey and Sasha feud outside of the title. Lacey Evans wins. The only reason I'm gonna I'm gonna even entertain that is because they did such a, a horrible job of overplaying how Sasha might turn on Bailey this week. It's one on of Smack. two things. It's Sasha's gonna win. Because and turn against Bailey in the middle of the match somehow, or I think somehow she turns and Lacey Evans ends up getting a sneaky win. It ain't gonna be Tamina. It ain't gonna be Naomi. I think Lacey Evans could pull one off here, and this is one I'm taking a chance on. This is the match that's gonna screw a lot of people up. Yeah. I'm just saying Sasha because it's the obvious yep. one, and I'm I'm just not feeling like taking a goddamn chance. But you can go Lacey all you want, you absolute psychopath. Yep. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler, Raw Women's Championship. This is the one I'm probably, when I'm betting, I'm going to go big on. This is my bigger, go big or go home one right here. This is the one that's going to screw me or, or save me. Then, all right, what, go for it. 
Shayna Baszler. I think Shayna, Shayna has to win this. Has to take it off of Becky here. Uh, the way that they've built this up, the way that they've set this up, if she doesn't, it murders her character before she even has a chance to get off the ground on main roster. Yeah. And, and depending and they, on they've shown that they'll Ronda take Rousey, it off of Becky. They put it on... I mean, they gave uh, Lacey all those opportunities. So I mean, Becky said it for a damn year. Yeah, it's time, man. She's got a year run. Take yeah, it I'm off of her. Now she has. Now she's got a drag in the chase. I don't know what I'm going to confidence bet on this one yet, but uh, I'm going to go Baszler as well for my pick. All right, good. I'm glad that you're on the same page as I am with that. Although that's going to scare the crap out of me when that match happens. Goldberg versus Braun Strowman, the Universal Championship. Your boy versus the Golden One. What do you think, sir? I'm scared that he's going to get punished for his recent social media activities. Uh, oh, you think, oh, you think that's the reason he's going to lose? Well, he's just been chumped for about the last year now as well. Um, whatever the hell is going on with Braun Strowman again. Uh, Goldberg retains. Absolutely. Not even a question. No. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. This is where we're going to, it's going to get ugly here. Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Who wins? I, I'm not even going to entertain any more conversation <laughs> about the fact that Drew McIntyre, after all of his Scottish trainings that he did, uh, could not win. I'm going to pick Drew McIntyre. He is the chosen right. one, and I know you. I know what you're t- what you're heading towards, uh, and you're gonna you're gonna do us in. Remember, you're picking for the show as well here. I'm well aware of what I'm doing, and I'm picking Brock Lesnar. Remember how well that worked out for you last time. I picked against Brock Lesnar last time. Well, that's true. I, I picked him for the Royal Rumble, and he screwed me, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You, you went all in on Brock Lesnar coming I did. out number one. He's going he's gonna to run the gamut, and you I put did. all your points on it. I went, I went crazy for it. I sure did. I might do it again here. Oh, <laughs> no. I think that they should coronate Drew another time. I don't think this is the right time. I think there should, this should, that Drew should almost get him here. And because there's no crowd to do it in front of, it should happen at a later date. Possibly SummerSlam if, everything, if everything's back to normal by then. Um, I don't want him to win it here. I'll, I'll even double it down. I don't want Drew to win it at this WrestleMania in this way. I want him to win it at SummerSlam where everyone's so excited to be back that they're cheering and hooting and hollering for everything, that they're just on fire. You have one of the hottest crowds you've ever seen. That's where I want to see Drew win it. Like the Rumble. Not here. Not here. Right? The Rumble. I don't want to see it here. I want Brock to win here. For the first time I've ever said that. I want Brock to beat him here just so that we can have that big moment later because you all know in your heart of hearts, it'll feel better if Drew wins it in front of a rabid, screaming crowd. He finally takes it off that bastard Brock Lesnar as opposed to empty studio and he's standing there going he got the, he's got the title and he's cheering and no one's cheering for him that is going to be so underwhelming it's going to suck I don't want to see that I want to see Brock I want to see Brock kill him and walk out and we just left there going eh, lame oh well it's like and I then don't just even go away for you. a while then go away for a while WWE <laughs> and then come back and then give us our happiness you got to you have to suffer before the happiness don't try to don't try to to mitigate this with half acidness. It'll be a half-assed coronation if they do this at this WrestleMania, and you know it. You know it. I think Vince has been waiting for this moment for ten years, and I don't think he, he can wait a little longer. I don't think he's right? going to pass it up. Drew McIntyre for me. 
I don't think he's going to pass it up. Not at WrestleMania. He he one. He wants to do it at WrestleMania. He's not going to wait a year. No, I don't think a year. I think it'll be SummerSlam. I, well, I think he wants to do it at WrestleMania. That's why. That's mm. that's one of the reasons that I'm steering into it a little bit. Yeah, we will find out. Um, we had a couple of extra ones we have to pick as well. Who walks out as WrestleMania of WrestleMania as twenty four seven champion? I'm saying Gronk. Oh God! <laughs> I, uh, I had completely forgotten that he was even a part of this whole thing at this point. Actually, you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna walk that back. I'm gonna say Mojo. It's just a plus one. It's not it's not a big deal. Um, it's not we're not betting on this one. This is just a, an automatic plus one or or no points if you get it wrong. Uh, okay. I'm saying Mojo. I'm saying Gronk wins it, and then Mojo takes it from him. Oh, so at the end of WrestleMania, who stands whoever walks out of Re- who walks out of WrestleMania as the twenty four seven champ? Our truth. I'll put our truth. Okay. Fair enough. I, That's I agree. Solid bet. They might toss it around. He's going into it. So you're talking about at it. the end of Sunday night, at the when it's all said and done. Yes. Yeah. Our truth. When the when the credit comes up, when the when the watermark comes up, you say our truth's the champ. Our truth. Okay. Do you think Gronk is, Gronk is going to get it at some point in the night? Maybe. I really <laughs> couldn't care less, maybe. to be honest. Solid, maybe. Uh, do you want to do this now, or do you want to say this for later? Bell-to-bell length of Goldberg and Strowman match. That's our tiebreaker, by the way. This is our tiebreaker. I'd like to do that one later when we when we lock in our confidence bets. Okay. All right. It's not going to be so we'll, long. It's going to be we will five, save that one. five or six minutes. Looking back, looking back, is there anything that you want to change? We're well over time, so we got to do this now. Give me a minute. Is there anything you want to change? Yes, I think I just want to clear. I want to clarify. Okay. I don't know if I ever clarified. I am picking Charlotte to retain. Or sorry, sorry, Charlotte to win the NXT Championship. Okay, I'm picking Rhea to retain there. Yeah, I'm saying Charlotte wins in, an, in a screw finish. You want to do a plus one there with uh, some kind of uh, the interference? Screw, the interference screw finish. <sighs> no, because I don't want to be a plus minus. I, I, right. I, I'm too scared about everything. <laughs> I really am. Uh, no, I didn't. I don't feel like I took a lot of risks. The Lacey Evans one is the only real risk I feel like I took besides AJ. I mean, I'm, that's a risk, obviously. Um, but I feel like it's time for Taker. It's, they've been waiting on AJ's somebody's. not a risk. You're giving you're getting me crap for picking Brock and you're picking AJ over Taker at WrestleMania. I mean, fair enough, bro. <laughs> to go all Vince Russo on you for a second there. Yep. No, so, I'm, all right. I'm good. Lock me in. Three, two, one. You are locked in, sir. We are locked in on those picks. Oh my god! We did. I'm so uh, the nervous. I'm sweating. I smell like an onion. Oh, this is terrible. Well, we're well over two hours at this point. Do you want to? Rip, we are. Rip? It's our, it's it's a it's a WrestleMania preview show, yeah, sir. Yeah, These are massive. Oh. You know how it works. Oh goodness, this is our third third year mania on this show. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Because yeah, we, we started, started right, at, right after right after mania. WrestleMania. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, guys, that's our picks. You heard them here first. Locked in. Uh, if you're listening today, tonight or tomorrow, oh my goodness, make your own uh, picks. Uh, but we're gonna I, lock in our confidence bets tomorrow. I will have the spreadsheet, patrons, to our, who participate in the pickums. As soon as I get the sheet up tonight, I'll give you guys an email address, or you can Facebook your yep. your picks and your confidence bets yep. to me. I'm directly. totally, I'm, I'm totally shaking, Nick. Oh wait, you can't see. That's this is my shooting hand. 
There we go. <laughs> but guys, we're going to head over real quick to close things out and do our moment of positivity. Ian, what made you happy this this week in wrestling? I know we got to roll. I know we got to roll quickly, so I'll get it out of the way. The Jericho skit. That was the damn most amazing thing I've seen in a long time. That was hilarious. It had me rolling. It was beautiful. It was just nonstop gags. I know it had nothing to do with wrestling, really. It was a wrestler cutting a promo on a drone. Amazing. I can't. So entertaining. Two weeks in a row now, uh, Jericho's getting uh, against Vanguard 1 is getting that mop pick, man. He is just, I, I don't know how the dude continues to do it 30 years later, but by God, I mean, he, yeah, he, great stuff. he might be turning into the goat really quickly. Uh, he is. He's already calling himself the goat. Why not? I'm saying for real. He's calling himself the goat for a while. I'm saying for like, real. Oh, for real. For real. <laughs> for for really reals. Was that your mop too? It, of course it was, but I'll oh, okay. I'll throw another little honorable mention out there, and it was probably um, hearing Colt Cabana on commentary. Aw, your boy. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I liked him uh, being on there. Um, the other thing that I'm going to say is uh, self-serving way: the debut of Anna J. <laughs> oh my God! Hi Anna. <sighs> that. Drink some Diet Coke, man. Yes, you're sir. thirsty. I'm out of. Eat some. Eat some Snickers. Yeah, something. Yeah, I'm not. You're not yourself <laughs> when you're hungry. It's almost one in the morning here. Oh wait, but we're not done just yet. We've got just enough time for our other news lightning round. Beep 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 beep. Oh, don't worry. I'm gonna rock this out today. Uh, ratings: AEW 685,000 with a .25. NXT 590,000 with a .15. Air getting murdered. They're getting murdered. Holy crap. Down to 685 and 590. Good Lord. Everyone's watching Tiger King on Netflix or something. Right. It's brutal. Um, as of today, uh, it's WrestleMania weekend. We would have been seeing John Moxley versus Josh Barnett and Minoru Suzuki versus Orange Cassidy. If everything had gone to plan, Nick, I'd be in Tampa. We're not. You'd be in Tampa right now. But no, no, we make plans and God laughs. Yeah. Rick Flair. Thought in an interview, thought Seth uh, Seth Rollins' promo on KO last week, the one was walking around the ring, was his best promo of all time. So take that for what it's worth. I agree with you, uh, Rick Flair. I, it's Seth's given a lot of damn promos. Yep. a lot of them are really good. Yep. But that was that one was really really it was really damn good. I don't know the best, but I don't know the best. But if Rick Flair if Rick Flair says so, I might have to listen. Uh, speaking of Rick Flair. The next guest on the Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold on Sunday, April the 12th will be Ric Flair. If you enjoyed the stories you've already heard with Stone Cold, good Lord. He's getting Ric Flair next. He is just getting all the names I want to see on that show. Uh, Little sidestep over to the NXT UK. There was a 20-man battle royale this week, uh, which was a lot of fun. Ilya Dragunov ran the whole thing. Came down to him and Alexander Wolf at the end, but he put Wolf over the top. Ilya Dragunov is your next uh, c- uh, contestant, your number one contender, if you will, for Walters Ooh. NXT UK title. Oh, oh, I want that Finally match happen- so bad. Finally happening, Ilya Dragunov versus Volta. Um, actually, put it on him in and Tyler, my Tyler holes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, done and done. 
Wrestle Dynasty, New Japan's Wrestle Dynasty, is supposed to happen at Madison Square Garden is August 22nd. Still supposed to happen because so hopefully we're back on track by then. But the sale date of the tickets has been pushed back from April 8th to May 13th just to be sure that, that we're going to be all right and they can do that show by then. So if you're going to buy tickets on April 8th, hold on. Yeah, It's going to be about a month later. Speaking of New Japan, if you haven't heard about it, there is a, uh, a movie called My Dad is a Heel Wrestler. It's a Japanese movie. It stars Hiroshi Tanahashi, but it's also got a bunch of other guys from Chaos, Togi Makabe, uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Goto, a few other guys, a um, bunch of New Japan wrestlers in it. It is now going to be available to watch on New Japan World. One more reason to get that streaming service. Um, have not seen it yet myself, but I cannot wait to see it. It's supposed to actually be a lot of fun. Yeah. Teddy Hart. It's Teddy Hart jail watch time. Is he in jail or <laughs> is he not? <laughs> As a, not Teddy Long, God damn it. Teddy Hart. Teddy Hart is actually out of jail. He is out of jail thanks to a court order. Uh, uh, we don't have a reason exactly why he's out. He was being held without bail, but the scuttlebutt is that Maria Manic did not press charges against him. She's actually been saying on social media that everything's blown out of proportion, which is what you would say if you were in an abusive relationship. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, but uh, it's still a mess. Yeah. It's all a mess. But uh, yes, Teddy Hart is walking the streets. So if you live on that side of the country, be careful. Uh, speaking of Teddy Hart, he no longer works for MLW, and MLW is no longer doing shows, just like everybody else. They've had to push back their Texas North Richland Hills May 2nd tapings to October 3rd. If you had tickets for that show, however, they will still be honored uh, six months from now. So you can still go see that just much later. Speaking of things to see, this Sunday ESPN2 will be showing six Brock Lesnar matches to get you ready for day two of WrestleMania. Huh, I wonder where the Brock Lesnar match is going to fall. Could it possibly be Sunday? I don't know. 6 a.m., UFC's main event, Brock Lesnar versus Alistair Overeem. 7 a.m., it's him versus Shane Corwin. 7.30 versus Cain Velasquez. 8 a.m. versus Randy Couture on UFC Unleashed. Uh, and then at 9 a.m., they're showing him winning the NCAA Wrestling Championship, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Goes to some old, old school... Like just meat castle. That's rock. actually a legit match. It's I've, I've, yeah. That's that's if yes. you're into amateur wrestling, high school collegiate wrestling, things like that. You, that's it's fantastic. Yeah, that's it's it's a, that's that's one worth that's one worth checking in on. Actually, yep. they're all really good yep. matches. But then they're gonna show at 3 p.m. WrestleMania 35 in its entirety, including the match where uh, he lost his title to Seth Rollins on Sunday. That's what I said. You're going to show WrestleMania yeah, well, that was six at hours. the same time as WrestleMania. I'm doing the, you can see the calculus coming out of my head right now. That just that yeah. does, does not I don't compute. Know why they, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't do it at 10 a.m. after the NCAA match, but it's I don't run a network. What the heck do I know? Right. Uh, and finally, just a little bit of a, uh, a little note, a little fun thing to think about. 15 years to the day, today. John Cena and Batista won their first championships in WWE at WrestleMania 21, which, interestingly enough, was the WrestleMania where WrestleMania goes Hollywood. It was in L.A., yep. remember? Yep. And now both guys are movie stars. 
Not saying. Fun facts. Interesting little fun fact. Fun facts. And that's the news, Nick. Well, thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. And thank you guys very much for hanging out with us on this massive WrestleMania preview, as they always are. Thank you for staying up late with us here on a Friday night. We did it tonight because we didn't want to have to do this tomorrow and potentially bump up against the start of WrestleMania. Uh, We do know that the show starts at 7 p.m. Whether or not there is a pre-show is still undetermined. I don't know if they're going to do anything because we do know it is all taped. However, as soon as I find out if they are doing a kickoff show tomorrow night, I will let you guys know in the Facebook discussion group, and we will do our normal watch party as we normally do. Uh, but just to get into that, you got to come over to Facebook, uh, search for Busted Wide Open, like our page, and send us a join request to get into the group with uh, all of our fans and listeners and the rest of the phenomenal ones. You'll find all kinds of good memes, links, good stuff in there, uh, as well as links to our Discord server, server where you'll want to get into it for the live chats all throughout the show tomorrow night and Sunday night. Um, uh, we also follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. We stream live here on YouTube at youtube.com slash open. Make sure you pound that subscribe button, like these videos and any other ones that you might run across, and jingle that little notification bell right next to the subscription button so that you get notified anytime we go live or put up new content. Last but certainly not least, one more time, if you are not in our Patreon yet at the $5 or higher tier, there is still time. Patrons who are going to participate in the Pick'ems, we are going to do a hard lock on your picks at 5 p.m. tomorrow night so that I can get everything loaded into the spreadsheet. 5 p.m. Eastern to clarify. 5 p.m. Eastern to Pacific. Pacific. Whatever that means in Greenwich. Greenwich mean time. Sure. Uh, That would be... 10, I think, 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, if I'm doing my math, my time zone math there right. It's Don't a five-hour difference yet. to the U.K., if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. You might be mistaken. 5 p.m., I need you guys locked in, right? So we're, we're going to post the sheet on Patreon immediately after this show is done. Ian's gotten it all formatted and ready to go. <gasps> uh, it's out there. Do we need to make any changes to it based on anything we've heard since then? I don't know. I've been, I've been doing a show, Nick. I, I, I don't know. know. But we multitask. Who I've knows? I've got to... Not that I've been. I'm sorry. I've been doing three different screens here, working on chat, trying to communicate with Ann Larson from going in okay, raw. Okay. Doing this show, checking my notes, updating notes, writing in our pickums. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to see if they'd add any more matches to WrestleMania, Nick. I'm sorry. I'll get on that right now. You got till five o'clock tomorrow night. We're gonna post it okay, immediately I got after it. the show. It's, no, it's, no, I'm talking about. It'll be I don't want to post the show, the card, if we're gonna make changes to it. So I don't want people sending me this no. stuff. So are we? Uh, we're locking it in as it is. If not, we'll hear from you guys. You'll hear from us. Or if there are it. matches added, we will post what our updated yes. match card, like our, our calls are. Yes, yes. exactly. Right. Uh, yes. But head over to Patreon.com/slash/bwo. Sign up for at least that five dollar tier, and you too can compete with Surrey and Dangerous and myself, as well as all of the other patrons in the quadrennial patron pickums challenge. I think it's quadra. We do it for the big four pay-per-views. This this is the biggest of the four, WrestleMania. Uh, This is our third one, third WrestleMania we've had here on the show since its inception. Uh, This is the second Pick'em's Challenge for WrestleMania we've had. Uh, Chris White. Chris White, the reigning, defending, undisputed champion, will be defending his title for the first time in a show that is too big for just one night. Man, good luck to you, Chris. This is going to be a mess. <laughs> there's a lot of people gunning for you, and there's 17 matches for you to contend with. I wish you all the best, my friend, but 
I, yeah, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> I don't have a high vote of confidence that anybody's going to retain any level of stuff here. So it's going to be a mess. Uh, thank you guys very much for hanging out with us at this late hour. We really appreciate all of your contributions. Shout out to everybody that threw all that money into the tip jar. Guys, I just, thank I, you. There's too many of Seriously. you to just rattle off here, and I, I can't remember. Andrew, Esme, Abraham, Clint, I think it was. Uh, anonymous, who we are anonymous. We threw Will, money everybody in the tip seriously. Jar. <laughs> so much love, thank you guys. But my name thank is you. Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude, and I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.